Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. And here are your hosts, Andrew and Michael Leyland. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. And you just listened to our brand new intro, which was suspiciously similar to our old intro. We did ask for feedback about the intro. Yes. Because I didn't like any of them. But okay. we stuck with them because I couldn't be bothered doing anything different. Of course. And I wanted to change the $6 million man pastiche when we went on to the Two True Freaks Network for a fresh beginning, new sound. Yeah. Well, nobody liked it. Well, apart from... Well, we held a Facebook poll. I didn't just want to go back to using the old one, because Lance Legault's dead. So, I mean, this briefing is from Filey 56-7W thing. Yeah, you still watch Airwolf. I still watch lots of stuff with Lance Legault in. He's Colonel Buck Green in Magnum P.I. So it's weird to have him have yeah. a voice clip in your show, but it's not but weird to watch said voice clip. I in. like the funny little 50s BBC woman going, are you sitting comfortably? Who's not dead. Who's not dead? No, she's still alive, obviously. Obviously. But perhaps not. No, because the watch with Mother Woman's dead, that was on the news. So so anyway, so you've just listened to our old so we, you can't new listen to a dead intro. Guy, but you can listen I am to ignoring it. everybody. <laughs> so I've changed the intro to be a mixture of the old and the new, and all five of us are now in the intro, which I thought was quite nice. Yes. So again, let us know what you think about it. I, I did consider just dropping down to... Hey kids, comics! And that was it. I'd just have the sound clips of Anya and Adam and that would that'd be the intro. A, a modern day opening. Yeah, because basically, if your intro is more than two minutes on your podcast, I fast forward through that. <laughs> I've got to be brutally honest. Kevin Smith stuff, at the beginning of every podcast of his I listen to, mm-hmm. he does this big spiel selling himself. Decent moves and I will be in Philadelphia on August 21st. Well, I'm not in Philadelphia and I won't be there August 21st, so I don't care. So you skip forward So I fast minutes. forward 20 minutes and yeah. then listen to his actual show. So I know what it's like. People have short attention spans. So I did consider just having the clips. So does Kevin Smith. Anyway, lovely, lovely, lovely lovely people. We don't even have to introduce ourselves anymore, it's all in the opening tag. Yeah. Clever that, isn't it? Indeed. So, you know. So this week is the Q&A show, because, let's be honest, we wanted a week off. Yes. Didn't we? So, we invited questions. We've had a, a moderately good response, I think, enough to in do the a past show. half hour. Mostly in the past half an hour. <laughs> um, we invited questions, not just for Michael and I. Yeah. But for the entire extended Hey Kids comics family. So, from left to right... Hello. Uh, hello. Who are you? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. She's your wife. I thought you were not she was. <laughs> not for me, numpty. <laughs> uh, first, from left to right, we have Angela Leyland, who is the wife, the matriarch of the Hey Kids comics family, because she obviously doesn't like introducing herself, because she's got a, a funny shade of puce. Leave me alone. Does puce mean red? Is it purpley red? It's the colour that you've got. It sounds green. It does sound a bit green, doesn't it? 
<laughs> anyway, speaking of green, wearing a shirt of violent green, next we have... Hi, I'm Adam. Adam. Young I'm Adam. an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Adam is the middle child that you don't often hear a lot of, mainly because he is, he is physically connected to his laptop and, and can't not have it. And mentally. And mentally. Next, of course... I'm Michael. As usual. Yes. Co-host of the show. Yes. Without whom the show would not be the show. Indeed. And when you leave to go wherever you go at the end of next year... There's always Skype. The show will end. Will it? Yeah. Putting a downer on this show. No, 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 no. It I think things should come to an end. I think okay. things should have an end. I'm Andrew. Obviously, I'm here every week. And finally, but by no means least, looking very Pocahontas-like today with the little pigtails. I say little. I think they're longer than her legs. Who are you? And uh, the youngest member of the clan. So we're all here to take your questions. It's a pity we didn't do this as a call-in show, but that would have involved us all having headsets and all having Skype, and that was far too complicated. So we relied on the old-fashioned medium of email. Of pigeons. Pigeons dropped the questions in our garden every morning. It's a meal for the cats as well, so <laughs> yeah, everyone was happy. Once, once we took the letters off their legs, we fed them to the cats. We didn't do that. If anyone from the RSPCA is listening, that was a joke. They catch their own. Yeah, they catch their own pigeons. <clears throat> our first question this day. <laughs> is this an indication of how this show's going to go? Yes. Is from Robert Ludwig. It is simply titled Q&A Show. Howdy, Andrew and Michael. Howdy, Robert. Say hello, Robert. Hello, Robert. Everybody. No, I didn't say hello to <laughs> As requested, I am sending in three questions. Once you have some rules, I feel I must break them. Everybody broke my rules. Every single person who emailed in said, We saw your rules, Andrew. We discarded them. <laughs> we cast them aside... Paying them no never mind. I think that's a sad reflection on our society, quite frankly. That no one can follow a simple set of rules. They were considered more as guidelines than rules. Were they? Yeah. (laughs) So you get just as much respect everywhere. Yes, I I, I get no respect anyway. I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of podcasting. Uh, Robert's questions are... The American audience will get that. Number one, Andrew and Michael, on your Daredevil Yellow show, you stated that in America, wanker could probably be used as an insult, and those who heard it would not know they were being insulted. I tend to think the opposite, but that is not the question. The question is, what other British idioms, not idiots, might be used to insult somebody without them knowing they were being insulted? I like divot and numpty, personally, but they're... Yeah, well, they're quite tame, They're quite... Yeah, I'm not calling them a... Bollocks head. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I quite like smegging because people are too busy laughing to know that it's an insult. Yeah, but it's also just from Red Dwarf. Well, so it's it does they, they may know that they're being insulted. I think he's on about more what like bugger bugger uh, me bugger off means something different over here than it does in America. Okay. So if you say bugger to somebody, I think they think maybe you're in prison and there's there's some rear entry going on. <laughs> so you could use that one, I suppose. I can't really think of any other than. Yes, we do have a minor on the show, so I'm trying it. But we're always family friendly. Rear entry just means you're, you're going round the back and coming in through the emergency exit. Doesn't it, Daniel? Emergency. <laughs> See? So there you go. So it works on two levels. 
is what I'm saying. Does, do any, you're at school, you must know plenty of swear words that Americans you're wouldn't right, know. You're right, I do, but I'm saying. So you're not, Australians use wanker. So, and you just keep laughing. <laughs> Australians do use that so, to them, because they use a lot of our colourful metaphors. They are. Don't they? So, I mean, they have a couple that we don't use. Like, getting the ute, which is just getting the truck. That's not a swear word. I think we've let Robert down, though. I think he was looking for a legion of, a litany of swear words that he could use at work. (laughs) I'll have to think on that. There must be others that we can use that they don't. Can you not just read Hellblazer? You could just There's use a perfect Hellblazer. list for you, though. Yeah. Number two, to the lovely Mrs. Leyland. Ooh. There you go. Question directed at you. And you were very dismissive earlier All on. Right. Hello. There you go. <laughs> Did you know about Andrew's obsession with comic books before you married him? Yes. Thank you for being on the show tonight. And you still married him. <laughs> yes. There weren't as many then. <laughs> I have whittled down. I do downsize on it because there's a big pile upstairs at the minute. I want to take it around to the local library. Yeah, but there were no omnibuses and essentials and all these other ones up here. No, I didn't have any of them then, did I? No. I was a comic collector, not a graphic novel. You had that tiny little bedroom and they were just in boxes at the bottom of your wardrobe and then you opened up the drawer underneath your bed and there was... There was more. ...under there. <laughs> and so, yet yeah, you're still yes. here. Yes. Mm. And encouraging. Yes. It was like Bobby's house in Supernatural's comic stack. Yeah, pretty really. much. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. And videos. <laughs> I had a lot of videos. Yes. They've all gone by the way of the dodo because people don't use videos anymore. To Adam and Anya. Hi. Hope I spelt that right. What's your dad really like? He seems like a really nice guy, but I want to hear it from you. Remember that you want your phone topping up and <laughs> you've got a birthday coming up. So just remember that in your answers. And I'm going to shut up now and let them answer. Um. All right. He's basically like he is on the show. Loud and funny. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. I do like that loud came first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of him? Best dad ever. I can smell Aww. it. Oh. Mm, I love my daughter. Right, now remember that mummy topped your phone up yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's going with that answer, right? That's why I love my daughter. Because she is the awesome. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, Those are my three questions. I hope you will indulge me one more quick one for the whole family. Since this is due being recorded on August 1st, can you please say happy birthday, Peter? My son's birthday is the 1st of August. I think he would get a kick out of hearing his name on a podcast over the iPod. Even though it won't be heard for a couple of weeks later, I think he would get a kick out of it. Okay. We can do that, can't we? Happy birthday, Peter. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Peter. Happy birthday, mate. You? Happy birthday. There you go. Hope Peter had a good day. Oh, thank you very much, Robert. You're very welcome. Oh, there's a PS. Do you think there should be a mega, mega crossover? Civil Maximum Carnage Wars. <laughs> We'd have to cover it then. God, no. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. You'd be thankful <laughs> that you don't know what that means. Um, thank you, Robert. It was very much appreciated. Got Peter had a very good birthday. Uh, tell him, give him our best. Our next email is from Christopher Warden. Hello, Chris. Hello. Hello, Leyland family. Let's get right to it. That's what I like, brevity. I'm a big fan of brevity. This is for the whole family. In my family, growing up, everyone had a hobby or collected something. So what are you guys into? You can't use comics, Andy. Well, that's that. You're doomed. Yeah, because for me, I I haven't had anything else, have I? I collected comics as a kid. That's what I collected. And still do. You write. I do write. That is a hobby. Yes. Um... 
I, I did like getting the bubblegum cards for movies and such. Like I had a full set of Superman and a full set of Star Wars, but I didn't really carry that on or anything. It's my first love's comics, isn't it? After you. Oh, <laughs> After my wife, my first yeah, love is comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your kids, your way down the list. Yeah, you three are way down the list, depending on any given day and how much you cost me on that day. Thanks. Yes, you're very welcome. Uh, so, from left to right, what do you collect, Angela? I don't collect anything, do I? Really? This this swathe <laughs> of craft stuff behind me. That's should, not we, should we talk about your hobbies that change every other week? <laughs> I do paper crafting and I make jewellery, but I don't collect things other than pets, it seems. Yeah, <laughs> you collect pets and children. No, we're done with them. Oh, we yes. yes, yes, we are. We're collections. Adam, uh, they're not a gotta collection. catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> Adam? I like Lego. Oh, yeah, Adam's big on his Lego, isn't he? He is, he yes. Is. I, have, I have a Lego Indiana Jones on my bookshelf that Adam gave me. It is Sam's whip, but why did you end up with two Lego Indiana Joneses? Every set, Lego Indiana Jones set, came with the same one. Oh, right. Oh, I've got one them? as well. So I, I've yeah, got a Lego Indiana. I've got a Mario. So it sits on my bookshelf next to my 1970 Dodge Charger. Alas, yeah. not a real one. We once tried to get him in it. You could try. We did. It on he doesn't fit in it, does he? No. Michael? Um, I, I draw. That's not really... Collect- it's a hobby. It's a hobby. Yeah. It's a hobby. Fair enough. Anya? I don't really collect anything. Money. <laughs> been in your bedroom there is some collection going on in there you hoard an awful <laughs> lot of stuff but you don't actually collect anything but what are your hobbies dancing yeah okay there you go. so and so the dance got lots of things and like you've that. got all your certificates for your dancing that's a collection you've it's got time to show off on you yeah you show off. Do it. go on i have how many certificates have you got now um, a lot. Can I get them down? No, it's that would hot. waste time. So <laughs> show all the lovely listeners. <laughs> show them on an audio medium. Um, she's got a lot of certificates. We don't remember how many there are. And they're all distinctions. They're so all she collects distinctions. That's but what, can that's we just point out that is not a hobby? No, no. And, and, <laughs> and in the future, that's going to end up in your career and it's going to pay in my retirement. And they're all going to be up there. Yes, they're, they're going to be all across the walls, framed. Number two, Michael... It is well known you're an artist, so what art are you into outside of comics? Um. <laughs> Reminding that we have Anya here. At what? Oh, yeah, I like them artists with the big naked ladies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nudes have staples in them, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's Yoji Shinkari, who did the Metal Gear all this stuff. Um, I'm looking at Francis Bacon at the moment for my art coursework. Just weird stuff like that, I guess. I thought you liked a bit of Darley. What was that? That was your mum, no, wasn't I, it? I, I like Darley and Esher, yeah. Yeah. See? I, I just like my weird stuff. We yeah. do the weird stuff! All the Renaissance and the pre raphaelites they're all kind of... Not oh, very good for lights. That's a different song, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Number three, Andrew, what do your friends, buddies, mates think of your hobby of comics and podcasting about them? They've not really expressed an opinion either way, have they? No, your closest friend doesn't even listen. No, my friends don't listen to the show. I'm pretty sure none of my family listen to the show. Why well, do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Peter said he listened, didn't he? Yeah, oh, Peter listened to one. <laughs> Scott's argument for not listening Scott Allison who's my buddy um, his argument for not listening is but I get it all for real live 
so I don't need to listen to the show. So well, that's a cop-out excuse. His excuse is he gets pub-fueled, alcohol-laden <laughs> rants for free. I mean, the podcast is free. But he gets them live, so his, his argument is he doesn't need to listen to the show. And none of the other mates have... Scott, uh, Phil, Phil listened to the Star Wars once. Did I? That's pretty much it, as far as I know. As far as I know, nobody else, family or friends, listen. Aww. Or even know that we do this. Aww. Do they? Aww. I listen every week. Yeah, you listen yeah. every week because we record it. <laughs> yes. You don't listen to the show. Have you ever listened? Have you ever gone back and listened to one? I listened to Michael's first. I listened to the death one. I think it was, but that was to make notes for him. Once he'd edited it, oh, right. I did the proof listen. Right, and that's it. You yeah. have 137 shows. Yeah. In which one? If it counts, I listened to the Walking Dead one that you and, and Chris did. The one about dead set. Yeah. The so dead you've listened to, and you've listened to Scott talk at the Titanic one. Yeah, I did listen to that one. You listened to Scott get on his Titanic show, and that's it. That's the yes. only podcast you've ever listened to. Yes. So there you it's go. Great. <laughs> so at the very least, you've kept it in the in the two true freaks family. Yes. Very good. <laughs> uh, have any of you ever listened to our show? I listen to you um, every week because my bedroom's right there. Yes. Yeah. And the, yeah. The roof doesn't. Give enough soundproofing. Really? Because you show up on the show on your headset now. I'm like, go left, go left! We've had to edit you out multiple times. <laughs> yes, because we can hear you screaming at your friends on the internet. So, later, my friends, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Much appreciated. Nobody listens to the show. I'm very down. Alas. Fortunately, I've made lots of new friends through the show. So, to replace the ones who. To replace the ones that I've had assassinated for not listening. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, our next email is last minute question from Sean Engel, the mighty Sean Engel, who I do two who freaks with. Two who? Two who freaks. Yeah, that's what it's called, isn't it? It's WTF. That's the an, That's the acronym for who true freaks. He's a lovely bloke. He bought me Amazing Spider-Man 252 because I'd scribbled on my copy. An act of generosity I've never repaid him for, let's be honest. Um, greetings, Andrew and Michael Leyland of the Clan Leyland. Doesn't have quite the ring of the Clan McLeod, sadly. I just got home. The Clan Leyland. McLeod. There can be only one. None of us will violate that law. (laughs) You never watched Highlander. On holy ground. The Clan McLeod. You're clumsy. Your attack was clumsy and stupid. Better, no better than that of a clumsy child. The only time Sean Connery could ever pass his accent. (laughs) Yeah, the funny thing about Highlander is he's playing a Spaniard. Why does his Sean Connery impression sound like his Patrick Stewart impression? My Patrick Stewart impression sounds like this, number one. Make it so. Why does my Sean Connery impression sound like this? Make it so, Miss Moneypenny. Two completely different impersonations. It was like two different people were in the room. Of course. (laughs) Should we get back to Sean's question? Yes. I just got home from work, says Sean, and was checking Facebook and noticed that you had posted a deadline for the questions for the Ask the Leyland show. And as I am a lazy bugger who can really get things done on time, I'm writing this simple question for the two of you and any family members that would be willing to answer. What fictional universe would you most enjoy living in and why? This can be answered by each of you individually, as well as any of the addition non-podcasting members of the family. It doesn't have to be related to comics. It could be the Star Trek or Star Wars universe. Sky's the limit. Eagerly awaiting your response unless someone else far more clever and less lazy came up with the question first. All the best, Sean Engel. So should we go from left to right individually? Okay. Okay. Which fictional universe would you like to live in, Ange? Halloween time. Really? 
That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's an excellent answer. This is Halloween. This is cool, Halloween. That, that would be pretty cool. Bit grotesque, but quite cool. It's nothing grotesque. People get their heads cut off. It's Disney the small ones they do it. <laughs> that's true. They're already cut off. They don't <laughs> that, get cut off. That's true. All right, yeah. There's no blood, is what we're saying. Besides, Jack can take his head off and put it back on. That's true. All right, Halloween Town. Adam. Little Big Planet Universe. Really? Which yeah. one? Ooh. 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 Oh, spanner in the works Ooh. from the missus there. The Little Big Planet Tooniverse. Tooniverse. <laughs> I quite like that. That's very good. It's so adorable. And the people at Notepads and... Made of paperclips. Right, okay. Notepads made of paperclips. Yeah. One of them is a notepad with a face drawn on it, and the body's made of paperclips. It is. It's brilliant. Aww. Right. It's awesome. Okay, fair enough. Michael. I reckon the Firefly verse. The what? The Firefly. Oh, Firefly. I thought I, I didn't know what you said there. Is that. it Five Live? Um, Firefly would be cool to live in. It kind of looks like hard work to me to live in the in the verse. Unless you're Mal, obviously. Or Badger. Run away from the Reavers, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought this was tough. I mean, the Marvel Universe, you've constantly got the threat of being eaten by Galactus. Which probably wouldn't make it. (laughs) Yeah. And certainly there would be a certain period of envy going on that all these people have got superpowers and you haven't. So I don't think I'd want to live there. Turn into Lex Luthor. Yeah. So the DC Universe... Would you be allowed to have superpowers? Yeah, if you volunteered to be like Luke Cage and have yourself experimented on. Or find a mystical Uru hammer, or get tutored by the Ancient One. Or if you live there, you may already have something. Hmm. Well, that's not his question, though. Is which fictional version would you like to live in? Yeah, but if you're living there... The superheroes not live there. If you're part of that universe, you may be one of the people who has a power. Yeah, but I'd probably get a crap mutant power in my lot, wouldn't I? Yeah. I'd get the mutant ability to be able to write really fast. Oh, you, what what, what yeah, use is that? It would come in useful for the so nose. There, <laughs> there you go. It's not a power I can make a lot of money off. But in this alternate universe, you're still writing podcasts. Is yes. Like Stephen King lives? Yes. We can write his mutant <laughs> powers to write really power. fast. I'd want to be somebody like the Purple Man, wouldn't I? <laughs> we, we've discussed this before. The Purple Man can basically Jedi mind trick you into doing whatever he wants. And then you forget that he's asked you to do it. And I think that would be a fantastic power if you were subtle and not an idiot. Because you could just walk into any bank in the land and go, you want to give me £5,000? Not a huge amount that it's missed straight away, but enough that you can then walk away and live in luxury, and then when the money runs dry, you go to a different bank and do the same thing. And they can't arrest you for it. It's not illegal to walk into a bank and ask for money, nor is it illegal for them to give it you. It's only illegal if you do it with a gun. Yeah, and I wouldn't be doing it with a gun. I'd be doing it with a Jedi mind trick. Uh, And then I did think Star Trek... Because, like, it's obviously hopeful and optimistic, and you get to say stuff like, what, five? Unless you're not captain. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think I would have the temperament to be in Starfleet, would I? I'm not particularly good at (laughs) that, and I'd probably be a red shirt, yeah. So, you'd end up being like Harry Mudd. Nobody wants to be Harry Mudd. So, ultimately, I came down on, I'd live in the Star Wars universe. Of course you would. Yeah, and I'd be like... I'd be like Han Solo and just be a smuggler on the far reaches of the Outer Rim. Unless you lived on... You'll notice everything your dad comes up with involves some kind of criminal activity. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. But as we have discussed before, I do walk into banks 
And I make notes of where the security guards are. You may not want to make this public. And I know where the cameras are. No, I've never actually done anything with it. And I'm thinking, I know this area exceptionally well. He looks like a bit of a knacker. I run every day. If I steal from this bank, I reckon I could outrun him. And I've well, yeah, plotted. You said you're not running as much. I've built it up. No, I've built it back up. up. It's not quite what he was doing before he had the break. Yeah, but. So I'd ultimately go for the Star Wars universe. I think. Because how cool would it be to walk into a cantina and have somebody go, Maratrampi! Ah, yeah. And you go, how much? As long as you shoot first. I would always shoot first. Never oh, like, not like shoot first. <sighs> and yeah. Can I be the Doctor Seuss world? If you want to live in Dr. Seuss world, that would actually be awesome. I love how you ask permission. <laughs> Can I? Can I be the cat in the hat, please? Would you be the cat in the hat? Yeah. Or would you be the, the fox? Fox in socks? In the hat. Or, or would you be thing one or thing two? She'd be Cindy Lou Who. Would you? I'd be Cindy Lou Who. I'd be the guy with the green eggs and ham. Yeah, that would be awesome. Some you, you and That was good, that. I enjoyed that. Oh, it was quite fun, that. Thank you very much, Sean. Our next email. The subject is Civil War. I hope he's kidding. It's from Charlie Niemeyer. Hello, Charlie. Only me saying hello to Charlie. There you go. Good news, Leylands. I was just kidding. This has nothing to do with Civil War. Just seeing if I could get you to say it again. As for your Q&A, here are my questions. Andrew, at what point were you able to start picking up the US version of comics instead of the formatted UK reprints? Well... I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Charlie was the first person who got back to us. On the day, yeah. we asked for questions, but we rearranged them slightly. Originally, we were going to record this at night like we normally do, and I put all the questions that had Anya and Adam in at the top of the show so they could go away if they wanted to. Um, I had a look at this. I looked it up on Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics, which is a phenomenal website. Are you going? No. Okay, bye then. I found you that website. You did. Actually, Angela did find me this website. And the first American comics I ever got were Superman 333, Superman 331, and Superman 335, all in one go. My granddad brought them home for me. And 335 is cover dated May 79. So that's only six or seven months after I started reading proper comics. So it was very early on that I managed to start reading American comics. I still read the UK reprints, but I was probably reading UK. I'm looking at that that list there as well. What's really weird is I then managed to get 336 and 337 and then 339 and then 341 and 343. So for some reason I managed to skip every other issue. Yeah. I wouldn't know why that would be, but that's just wacky distribution of comics in England. Number two, Michael. Has doing the show given you more appreciation for older artists such as George Perez or Jack Kirby? Um, Jack Kirby more so. I never not liked George Perez, but um, yeah, I like Jack Kirby stuff more now because I've read more of it. There's still a lot of it I don't like. Say Fantastic Four. <laughs> Next week on Hey Kids Comics, Andrew's looking for a new co-host. Right here. <laughs> You'd have to read. Audition. Yes, this is your. I'm seeing which one of you does the better job. What about old school, old school like Ditko and John Heck and um, Gene well, Colon and all of that? Lot? 
Kurt Swan, Gil Kane. So there was stuff I do like, but it. I'm not sure because there's different artists of the time I do like and others I don't, but you know, I, I don't really know why. Who's your favourite current comic book artist? Current? Hmm. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know, there's a few. Excellent. Who's your favourite Marcus current? Martin has rapidly become one of my favourite current comic book artists. Not just through his run on Daredevil, his run on Spider-Man and other stuff. Uh, he's rapidly become one of my favourites. Alright. Um, J.H. Williams III. Alright, yeah, fair enough. I'll go with that. He's quite abstract as well, though, isn't he? Which yeah. kind of fits in with what you like. Mm. Alright. Have you heard about the new Promethea? The re- no. The re-release in the Absolute Prometheus. Yeah. But in a widescreen format. And How can you read Absolute sideways? Who knows? But <laughs> They're hard enough to read normally. You know, you know DC's new thing for fold-out pages? Yeah. They're going to do one of them for an entire issue is one fold-out page. It's going to be like 14 feet long or something. How convenient. Yeah. Not. Try reading that. Yeah. Number three, Clan McLeyland. When Andy or Michael start laughing while recording their show, does it make you laugh or do you just get frustrated and turn up the TV? <laughs> you can't turn the TV it's, up anymore. It is, no, it's um, a balancing act between being able to hear the TV without disturbing you. So Anya's usually in bed. Adam's normally attached to his life support laptop. He's a borg, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and I've started going upstairs in the bedroom and closing the door. Oh dear! It's well, thank you. For, for, it's good to know that we're supported isn't yeah, it, in our endeavour. Well, well, it's it's being nice to you by not turning the TV up and disturbing you. That's true. I, I do quite like that when they're talking, they're nice and quiet most of the time, and then when Dad starts laughing, it's this massive explosion of sound that can be heard down the street. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Adam. And I never noticed it when about you, Kevin, until we I listened to uh, you do the Fantastic Cast. And then it really is pretty loud. Oh, when you can only hear him. Yeah. Yeah. I have to project. It's all about projection. It's an audio medium. You've got to get your point across just with your voice. Go to your diaphragm. Yeah, but then you complain about Adam being loud. Yeah, but I'm not loud when I'm not doing the show. I wonder what volume the listeners listen to the (laughs) shows on. You know, there was a thread once on one of the forums, I forget which one, and uh, they were all talking about what they thought podcasters looked like, you know, that they'd never met. And Luke Giaconetti, the mighty Luke Giaconetti, some say, the mighty Luke Giaconetti posted a picture of Brian Blessed (laughs) and said, this is what Andy looks like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know, I don't mind being Brian. Brian Blessed. I can live with that. That would be awesome. What, being Brian Blessed? Punching a polar bear in the face. To have Brian Blessed as a dad would just be amazing. Yeah, he's never there. He's always on Everest, isn't he? Well. What about you? I listen to you until you start getting loud. Thanks, love. And then you just stop listening. (laughs) Then you stop listening. What do you do? Put your headphones in? Yeah. She goes to sleep. I think we're all just used to it now. We have been doing it for three years at this point. Yeah. Oh, that helps with your questions. Cheers. Well, thank you very much, Charlie. They were good, then. Enjoyed them. Thank you. The question, the next one is from Bob Fisher. Hello, Michael the Younger and Andrew the Elder and wonderful Leylands all. Hello. Hello. You don't have to whisper. You're being recorded. Hello. That's better. I apologise for not writing sooner. I have listened to every episode of Hey Kids Comics and thoroughly enjoyed them. That's dedicated. It is. <laughs> listening to us for every single week, for everyone we've done. If I could give him an award, I would do. And if I did, it would be cheap. 
So cheap and hollow. Yes, <laughs> cheap, hollow and meaningless, like the, the watch that you get when you retire with the gold cover flaking off. <laughs> yeah. Even though I have no knowledge of the material, your presentation keeps me involved to the end. Every week your show goes on to the top of the listening stack, so to speak. Because I have listened to them all, I have never sent you an email about them, but I will fight the urge to write all of my comments about all of your shows in this one email. Oh, thank you, Bob. That's quite nice. It is nice to know that some people like listening to us. I have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> so, other than to say I loved your Superman birthday shows and hope you say more in future emails, or hope to say more, sorry, I will get to the big question. This is for everyone. What artist group has the most songs on your individual MP3 players? Oh, I've got it right here. So, starting with Angela? I know this because I looked this up in advance. I know you cheated. I did not <laughs> cheat. You did, I forgot. I didn't, it's not cheat to look up the answer. <laughs> I think on my iPod, I think it's... Bush. I don't think it is, actually. Right. Guns N' Roses? No. Go on, then. Oh, God. Why did you look up everyone's? Jimmy Eat World? No. Jewel? No. Do you oh. know the answer? I it's a, I think it's a tie or it's very close between the Foo Fighters and Incubus. I would have said the Foo Fighters because I would have thought the Foo Fighters would have been mine. Well, the Foo Fighters was one I thought yeah, of as yeah, well, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's quite close between those just because everything's on the. You're a rock chick, aren't you? Um, but no, you would have thought it would have been Bush or Guns N' Roses, but no. Oh, okay, Adam. Um, I think it's either... Amaguchi. Anamanaguchi. Anamanaguchi. Yeah. Because they're just awesome and did a game soundtrack. So that's the Metal Gear Solid game soundtrack. No, Scott they did Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. No, it's on my laptop. Right. I used to, but then the charger got <laughs> sat on. Does that mean he can't answer the question because he doesn't yeah. have an MP3 player? Yeah. You can, right, yeah, you can answer the question. I don't mind. Michael. He didn't answer the question. He did. Adam Adamaguchi. Adam, madam. Adam, madam. Madam Anaguchi. Oh no, she's who I see on Thursday night. Oh, right. <laughs> the other woman. other woman. Yes, she's the other woman I watch films with that you don't remember when I say, we've seen this, and you'll go, when have you seen this? I haven't So is that your answer, Adam? Adam, madam. Do you feel they've done anything? They've done an album and three singles. And then they did um, the Scott Pilgrim game soundtrack. Right. So he really has hardly anything on his music. Now. Yeah. That's the most. Fair enough. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay. We're not here to judge. <laughs> Michael. You bring a family all together and tell them not to judge. <laughs> <laughs> Adam. We've done Adam. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Mixing my children up. Um, it's probably a tie between Bruce Springsteen or Neil Young. Yeah, because you've got that Neil Young anthology, haven't you? Well, no, I have the Bruce Springsteen discography on there, mm. but I don't have everything Neil Young's ever done. But only most. Of let's it. be honest, he's done an awful bloody lot. He has. So that's very true. There's a lot on there. I looked this up for my answer. Uh, cheat, cheat. I did not cheat. I am giving him a specific answer to Bob's question. You lot have just guessed. You're going to give an exact number of. No, no, I can't. Well. Cause it doesn't matter. But I, I did look it up. Uh, you would have thought. Who would you have thought it would be? Well, my first R-E-M. was R-E-M. R.E.M. Oh. And then what? Then the Foo the Fighters, Smiths. the Smiths. All valid, oh, valid questions. Which were wrong. The Sundays. And then you said podcast. And then you said podcast, <laughs> but they're by individual people. No, mine's John Williams. I'm well, not sure. Enough. John well, Williams that, is on not, my podcast the most, because I've got all the Star Wars soundtracks, Jaws, 
uh, Superman then there's a couple of other assorted ones and they're like catch me if you can and stuff so John Williams is the artist on my iPod the most that's not a shot really it's not a shot no I would never have guessed it but that's not a shot Anya what it's nice to know you're you like this at school hello Anya's like well we're recording away okay which artist do you have on your iPod the most She's act- she is actually scrolling through her iPod as we speak. Ten years old and has a Blackberry and an iPod. Yeah, I don't know. Vanessa Take a Hudgens. guess. I was with either Vanessa Hudgens or your other chick. Selena Gomez. Oh, no, God. Charlie. Good luck, Charlie chick. No, she's only got seven. Oh, shit. She's only got seven chicks. Yeah. So uh, probably those Twilight soundtracks. Probably. If we count the Twilight soundtracks as one. one individual one. artist. Yeah, as one yeah. individual artist. We'll count the Twilight soundtracks then. Because what's, what's that thing she forever played? What's the one song that's at the oh, end of Twilight? A thousand Years. And I've got 21. D, 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 That one. took you months to get it out of your head. Yeah. Now you've put it back there. And now I've put it back there. Keys Put it on, yeah. Go on. Oh God, no! No, this week it's been summertime by the Sunday. Has been stuck in my head all because it came on while I was out running. While I was out, and it's just the world needs reminding how fantastic the Sundays were. I think. Anyway, thank you, thank you, Bob. Thanks again for the great entertainment, says Bob. You're very welcome. Thank you for the great question. Uh, oh, there's a PS. Hold on. I scrolled past it. I do sorry about that. Andy, I really enjoyed meeting and talking with you on Skype a few weeks ago. It was a blast, even though I've given Michael Bailey a ton of extra work to do. I enjoyed it too, Bob. We should do it again. And Mike Bailey loves it. He loves editing. It's, it's, it's not like he has anything else going on in his life at all. He and he doesn't sleep. He's got nothing going on. He loves editing. <laughs> Yeah, give him more. Mike's got nothing to do. Uh, that's the end of Adam and Anya questions. So you two Aww. don't have to stick around if you don't Aww. want to. You can stay for the remainder of the show. I'm not kicking you out. I want to stay and judge you. Excellent. Good, good, good. good. You don't um, have to be here to judge us. Rob Stubbs has sent us three questions. Hi, Rob. Hello. Question one is for Andrew being is the eldest, as in really, 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 really old. Oh, totally I'm not doing Rob's questions. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Number one, you've been given the chance to get a character and storyline into production as a live action or animated series. Who is the character and what would be the storyline? It may come as a surprise to you, lovely listeners, but I have given a lot of thought to this. It doesn't come as any surprise. No, it doesn't. We've, um, we've talked before on the show about my Spider-Man plan, yes. so I won't mention that one. Me and Mike Bailey, over Facebook one night, pitched an absolutely wonderful Daredevil show. We laid out the entire first season. We cast it. The works. And if you're listening, Jeff Loeb, you need to get in touch with Michael Bailey and I, and we will do that show for you. We will move to Vancouver, won't we, love? Yeah, and film yeah. it in Canada. We'd be made up with that. We'd be totally... We'd, we have no problem up even up, <laughs> uprooting the entire family. No, Michael wouldn't be bothered. No, Michael wouldn't be bothered. living in Canada, would you? No. So, Jeff Loeb, Michael Bailey and I have a Daredevil pitch you need to hear. Um, but the one I have given the most thought to, what is the one character I've been saying for years gets his own show? Implying she listens. Implying you listen when I talk. <laughs> and the face is now, oh, I'm on trial. <laughs> you don't even listen to yourself, though. That's true. That's a he good does. point. Luke Cage. Yeah. How many yeah. times have I said yeah. burn notice with Luke Cage? Yes. Your ongoing yes. story arc is evol- who framed him because Every the Luke day. Cage premise is he is in jail for a crime he didn't commit. And then there's your Christmas special. Where is his sweet Christmas? <laughs> uh, so, and in prison, 
he gets the thingy or super serum that makes him rock hard or whatever. It's not a porn. It's not a porn film. Um, that makes him a hero for hire. And it, you can make it that S.H.I.E.L.D. do that to him. And tie it into the movies. Tie it into the movies. You can have Cool to make a cameo because Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. He's dead. He's going on. He's back. Death's not and what you do Luke Cage Death's not what it wants the obstacle it wants and then you have the Luke Cage TV show where the first season is him investigating who framed him is the ongoing story arc why every week it's just story of the week who hires him this week for whatever case and you make each case relate to the ongoing story arc as and where you can and slowly you introduce Misty Knight and then you introduce Danny Rand and by the end of the first season second season you've got Power Man and Iron Fist working together as heroes for hire. But that's mine, Luke Cage, hero for hire. And I can't believe Angela is giggling like a schoolgirl at Iron Fist and Rock Hard. <laughs> for prison. <laughs> I've made you cry. In prison with me Iron Fist. <laughs> we are wrong on so many. Anyway, that's mine. Well, they're just family friendly. I don't. There's no. It is nobody. Nobody over of a certain age will get that. That's the point. I, I don't suppose oh, you lot have a, a comic you would turn into a live action project or animated series. Yeah. You've read Preacher. Yeah, do a do a live action show. A live action yeah. Preacher. Yeah. yeah, that would be that would be That'd quite be awesome. awesome. I read Walking Dead. They've already done that. Yeah. Um, question two is for Michael, being as he is Andrew's comic loving spawn. Number two, you've been given a chance to get a character and storyline into production as a live-action and animated series. Who is the character and what would be the storyline? A John Constantine animated series. Really? Yeah. A late-night one, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Why would you not do it live-action? Because he already have done and messed it up. No, no, they did a film. You can ignore that. Nobody saw it. Yeah, because... <laughs> Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Even I forget that there was a Hellblazer movie. That's that's how crap it was and how unmemorable it was. I think it'd be better just animated because there's things you can't do with live action. And who would play John Constantine? A while ago, I would have gone for Kevin McKidd as John Constantine. He does a voice in Call of Duty. I can't remember which one he is. But he's the guy in Trainspotting who's all healthy and a health nut. And then he gets on heroin and he overdoses and dies. I think he's probably... A bit, oh no, well, John Constantine's supposed to be in his mid-30s, early 40s, isn't he? So he could probably still pull it yeah, off. Except for now, where he's like 20. Yeah, well, apart from now. Uh, um, if they did him as a younger man, I don't know, actually, at the minute. And I think... McAvoy's Charlie X now, isn't he? Charles Xavier. If it was animated, it would have its own style and look, similar to the comics, and it wouldn't look like Supernatural or another dark show like that. Right. Okay, so you'd go for Hellblazer. Yeah. I like Angela's idea of an HBO Preacher series that is 100 episodes just adapting the comic straight. None of this changing. So would an episode be a comic? No, because that wouldn't work. That's 74 episodes. So maybe you do 52 episodes then. Mm, would you include specials? Yes, you'd include the whole thing. Fair enough. You could do the specials over summer as miniseries <laughs> or whatever. Would you include Hellblazer? No, because <laughs> Hellblazer is nothing to do with Preacher, and the similarities are purely coincidental, <laughs> and if you say otherwise, you're a liar. <laughs> okay? Garth Ennis. We believe you, Garth. Nothing to do at all with the Angel storyline that you did in Hellblazer. Oh, no. No, 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 no. See, I didn't read Hellblazer. Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah, you read a couple of Hellblazers. 
Garth. You read Dangerous Habits, you didn't like the art, and you read a couple of Jamie Delano and you hated them. Yeah, you read Dan- you did read Dangerous Habits, you didn't like the artwork. Right. And you tried a couple of from the beginning, Jamie Delano, and you just thought he was pretentious out the wazoo. Uh, Isn't like John Constantine pretentious out the wazoo? No, Constantine isn't. Oh, certainly not when Garth Ennis writes it. Anyway, question three is for Angela. Ooh. Who is clearly the superior, amazing and spectacular one in the family. Of course. Of course. Adam's the web of. You've been given a character. <laughs> That's not the question. <laughs> Number three, who is your favourite regular emailer into the show, excluding me, even if you'd even pick me? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't listen enough. <laughs> you don't listen, you've no idea. Go on, pick one. He says he would totally pick Michael Bailey if he was asked that question. Well, see, I don't keep Michael Bailey's emailing into the show because it seems like he's your constant companion sometimes. <laughs> like I love chatting to Mike. You have a line in bed on Facebook chatting to Mike again. You'll have an email on the computer that you have to reply to before we go shopping and it's Michael Bailey again. <laughs> Got a lot of time for Mike. You know that. I don't know. Luke seems to be a... So is that your pick? Probably. Luke Giaconetta. I don't listen to what the... No, but at least with Luke you've... I've talked with Luke a lot off show yeah. as well, so we know about his family and, and all are, of that there stuff. There are a couple of names that, that stand out that I know their names when you talk about them. There and Luke, them Luke even sent us a picture of his baby girl. I know, she's adorable. Mm. So I would have thought you'd have gone with Luke, to be honest with you. Did I not just say Luke? Yes, she did. All right, ignore me. <laughs> I have contributed to the we don't feel like doing any show prep so we're counting on our listenership to do all the work for us in other words a clip show oh can you do Candice from Phineas and Ferb I could do bro it. Andrew and Michael are doing the clip show do you, do you want me to do it yeah anyway? go on okay bro Andrew and Michael are doing the clip show <laughs> <laughs> very good thank you that was very, I approve wholeheartedly you were proud with it <laughs> So he doesn't sound like that normally anymore. When on the clip at the beginning of the show of Adam, he really does sound like the, the guy from The Simpsons. He had to go into the store. And he doesn't sound like that anymore. Yeah. That was from Rob Stubbs. Thank you, Rob. We appreciate it. Good, that. Good, good, good. Queries for a few fine gents so they don't have to do any actual work. This is from Chris Tyler. Good day, boys. Chris Tyler, a.k.a. the Her Metal Hero, checking in. And now I'll plug my show, you know, the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, available on the Two True Freaks Network, where I, along with Chris Honeywell, Sean Engel, and Luke Giaconetti, wax poetic about movies that make you afraid to sleep at night. But forget that. You wanted questions for your show, and I've got some. So let's get crack-a-lack-a-lack-a-ling. Chris broke all the rules. <laughs> but we approve. We approve of your maverick nature. That may be a podcast I'd dip into then. The, yeah, they've covered Halloween and all of that. All the John Carpenter stuff. I listen to all the John Carpenter stuff. You're not a big fan of John Carpenter stuff, though, are you? Well. I love John Carpenter's work. Anyway, that, that's nothing to do with this. No. Um, number one. We can all answer Chris's questions. Yeah. Who would win in a death match between Andy and Michael? Michael. Spark. It's not what I came to Vulcan for, is it, Bones? It was acting classes. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, who would win in a death match between Andy and Angela? Mum. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Mum. I'm not doing very well here, am I? Number three, you get three albums each to take to a deserted island. What are they? Ange. 
Oh, you start. I need to think. Okay. About my original gut reaction to this was the soundtrack to Superman by Joe Williams, Automatic for the People by R.E.M., and then The Queen is Dead by the Smiths. And then I went, but my favourite R.E.M. song isn't on Automatic for the People, and my favourite Smith song isn't on The Queen is Dead. And I was like, and you can't not have some Sex Pistols, and you can't not have. And was reading, writing, and arithmetic by the Sundays, one of my all-time favorite albums. And was the Foo Fighters. <laughs> so then I, I did lean towards making a compilation. <laughs> oh, better yet, the now that's what I call punk, the punk album. <laughs> and then the color and the best of the Foo Fighters and John Williams is Superman. And I thought, but I'm not getting Utero by Nirvana. Oh no. And then you're like, oh, and then you suddenly realize, where's the Beatles? You can't not have the Beatles. Or you could have, now that's what I call punk 79. Yeah. Now that's what I call grunge 95. Yes, this is all good. <laughs> I like this. And the best of John Williams, as long as it's the soundtrack <laughs> to Superman and the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so they were my three. Uh, Michael. Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. Rush, 2112. Billy Talent, Dead Silence. Excellent, good choices. Adam. Ooh. Uh, Daft Punk, Get Lucky. It's not called Get what, Lucky, well, that's a no, single. No, 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 Random Access Memory, sorry. That, that's the bugger. Leave that's him alone. It's a single. Um, Anna Managuchi, My Skateboard Will Go On. Because uh, I think that's the one with Rainbow in the Dead. I like that one. Okay. And um, my third one would be Delphic Acolyte. Alright, fair enough. And... See, I'd probably want some bush. Don't we all? <laughs> it's not fur like in a band called Bush. It's not, you no. You pick on me. Yes. Um, Which album, though? Reservoir Suitcase, I think. Okay, Reservoir Suitcase by Bush, there's one. But I want some Guns N' Roses as well. Well, with Guns N' Roses, I go with the best of. Yeah. If there are any. But it, it doesn't really have the best of Guns N' Roses on there. Does it not? not What's really. not on there? It, it has the songs that everybody knows, not necessarily the best of. Right. Um, so, presuming then that you're going to make a compilation because you know you're going to crash on a desert island. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I'd probably want something a bit more mellow and... I can't, I can't do You can't just do three, no, can you? No, that's Because then you end up looking at your album collection and going, well, I want the colour and the shape. And I want Suede's second album, because that's just awesome. And I want the White album. But no, I don't want the White album. I want Revolver. No, no, I don't want Revolver. I want Sgt. Peppers. And then you're it, like... It depends what mood you're in. Yeah, and it's like, well, I've got no Oasis. Oasis are great to run to. I don't care what anybody says. Why do we have to take three albums anywhere? Why can we not just take our iPods? <laughs> take your iPod. <laughs> I mean, it would relate to battery, but if you can't... going to be just on a desert island, let me get, get my LPs out. Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. All right. Yeah, what would you play them on? Don't, don't, your logic does not resemble our Earth logic. Does, does the Trees island... Trees come The island has electricity, yes. See, my collection's quite eclectic, and mm. so you, you kind of want something heavy, For your different middle, moves. And, and mellow, and... Choose an album for me. Well, you've chose two. I know, but then I might change my mind, because... <laughs> Okay, let's, well, let's what do you want to listen to now? I don't know. Anya just yeah. have Twilight soundtracks because she's gone. Yeah. She's not stuck she's around. Not she's got a life. <laughs> you know, she's busy. She's waiting for a sleepover. All right, number four. Same question, but three films. Trilogies don't count. So you, I, I read that question as you could have Lord of the Rings as one film. So you could have Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King, and that would only count as one choice, is how I interpret okay. that question. So... For me, I'll go with me again, because I had time to think about this. Superman the movie, Empire Strikes Back, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Shall we go for Michael? Yeah. Or is Michael thinking? I'm thinking. Adam? 
Alright, so... I'd definitely put Empire out there. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So two more. Oh, I'm trying to think. 28 days later. 28 days later. I quite like that. Okay. And, um... Provided you're allowed to leave the light on. <laughs> He's on a desert island. There are no lights. <laughs> I told you before, yeah. Adam, the dark is nothing to be scared of. It's what's in the it's dark. It's what's in the dark. I've been telling him that since he was very little. My parenting sucks. <laughs> He's terrified of the dark. Still, because I said that as a little one. <laughs> point Break would happen. Point, I was waiting for Point Break. I thought. And, and Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. What was the one left. we watched? The one with you and McGregor. Trainspotting. That's the bugger. So there's your three. Yeah. Trainspotting, 28 Days Later. And <laughs> That's then my Strikes Back. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good collection. Well done, Adam. I, I approve wholeheartedly of your collection of movies. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my parents and I watch Train Spotting with Adam. My parents and I let you watch Train Spotting. <laughs> you didn't know. I'm terrible. So, point break, Nightmare Before Christmas. Looking at something dark, I'm kind of torn between Mystic River and Seven. But again. Would you put them in a box? Alright, okay. Well, you ponder your third one while Michael tells us his three. Drive. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Jacob's Ladder. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I thought it was pretty good. A bit weird. Is that right? It's supposed to be weird. Yeah. I had a third one, but it's gone now. Ooh, or heat. Or heat. Oh, man. It's tough only picking yes, three, I isn't it? Yes, I occasionally watch chick flicks and I could have time traveller's wife in there. <laughs> bit of the oh, notebook. Man. What about Serenity. I thought you'd have picked Serenity for one of your else. <laughs> what, because every time it's on, I leave it on? Yeah. Point Blank, Serenity and... Point Break, sorry. Serenity and oh, Night Before break. Christmas. Point Break would definitely be in there. Yeah, OK. All right, is Michael going for a third one or are we moving on? I really can't think. Well, I know. That's um, been a common complaint I've had about you for the three years we've done the show. <laughs> labyrinth. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> labyrinth? Yeah. What about Pulp Fiction? Oh, okay. Alright, okay, well Michael's let us down with his third one and Angela's come up with let a five. Know. Yeah. Well, Angela's just staring at the DVD shelf going, oh, I'd have that, and oh, would I have that? Oh. oh, you know what I would go for instead of Labyrinth, actually? What? Godzilla Final Wars. Alright, fair enough. That well, awesome you can be pondering film. your third choice while we go on to the next question. Number five, you can both spend a day with any two true freaks host of your choice. Who is it and why? I'd love to spend a day with that Michael Leyland bloke. He seems like a top guy, doesn't he? Top banana. Um, Well, I'm taking Scott Gardner off the table because we have spent a day with Scott Gardner. Yeah, and it was awesome. It was. It was lovely. But I'm taking him off the table because we've done that. And I'm taking Stephen Lacey off the table because we've spent a day with Stephen. We have. And that was awesome and we enjoyed that as well. But he's off. I have. So we're only going with people that we have not spent a day with. And I thought about this because I thought this was a real bastard question. I thought this was really mean. Because you're singling people out. Because you're like, I bet it's really fun to go around New York with Thomas DJ. And I bet it's fun to go to a Mets game with Paul Spataro. And there's, there's, all of, and there's little things like that that you're like, I bet it's really fun to hang out with him. And I bet. But ultimately, and I'm not slighting anybody, but I came, I came down on two rather than one. 
only allowed to have one. I don't care. I'm having two. <laughs> my gaff, my rules. Um, and I think ultimately it came down to... nobody else has paid attention to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to Metropolis this year, Charlie Niemeyer and J. David Wheat went to Metropolis. I would love to have gone to Metropolis with those two. I bet that would have been a lot of fun. But ultimately I came down to the two people I have had the most contact with away from the show. Talking about not show stuff, just being friends. And that's Luke Giaconetti and Michael Bale would be the two I would I would go out for the day with. Or for a meal with, or whatever. I would have been shocked if it wasn't Mr. Bailey. Mm. Mm. But next time we go to Florida, we're just going to put the invite out, aren't we? Yes. We're saying, we're in Florida, we're going to be here at this time. Come and join us and we'll have a free fr- We'll take over the bar. Yes. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be fantastic. If anyone who can get to Florida, that would be brilliant. Okay, if you're breaking the rules, I'm breaking the rules too. I go with Michael Bailey because he seems awesome. And Scott Gardner again. What about Logan. Logan, he's not a host. Is he a two true freaks host? He's been on a show. Presumably. If, if Scott came, the, Logan then would Then Logan come. would come. Right, all right, fair enough. Because Logan's awesome. I would go with that. Do you have a choice there, Andrew? And besides, it says you can both spend a year. I know, but Adam's playing the game. Okay. So, do you have one? Uh, I, I think um, it would depend on where they live. <laughs> oh, alright, so it purely depends on whether they live somewhere sunny and warm yeah. that is near a theme park, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe that theme park starts with a D and ends with a Y. Yeah, so, Mr. Gardner, when are you free? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was really fun spending the, the time we, we did with Scott Gardner. We spent about three days with Scott, didn't we? All told. I think, and it was very sad on the last day. Mm. We went to Universal Studios with Scott and Logan. And Adam and Logan just buggered off on their own for most of the day. We never saw them. Yeah. Um, then there was the day with the family at... Then um, there was the day with the family at Epcot. Epcot. Yeah. Which was jolly nice, where Angela and uh, Scott's wife did complain about living with somebody who loves comics. The eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that was Magic Kingdom, wasn't it? No, we went to... Because we went on Tower of Terror. Oh, yeah. We went on Twilight Zone and Aerosmith and all that stuff. Yes, yeah, so that was... And Star Tours. Yeah, that was MGM. And then he, he met up with us the day we came home, and he came to Epcot with us. Yeah, and he was he only came on he was only going to say hello, goodbye, nice meeting you, and Anya made him come on soaring with us. And you did the puppy dog eyes. Yeah, Anya did the whole puss in boots thing, didn't you? Mm. and blackmailed the poor fella who was knackered after working <laughs> all night. And Anya was, don't go, <laughs> please. So, yeah, so so ultimately, I'd, I'd like us all to get into a room and go in a bar somewhere and just drink all night. I think that would be awesome. With everyone. Yeah. yeah. Get the entire Two True Freaks family. Yeah. Extended family together. And friends and family and kids and just book a bar. Well, no, we should just do that next time we go over and it, it's just us, not the, the, the extended us family. Hmm. We should just, like, open house, we'll be in, this is our address. <laughs> yeah, we're staying in this villa. All day. Just yeah. come along. Just come pool along. Party. Whatever you want. Yeah, pool party, bring your own beer. Yeah. <laughs> Introduce me to this American beer of which you speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've had plenty of that American beer. I have, yes. I've, I've had any wild turkey. Raylan Givens has got me into trying wild turkey. Okay. It's not a proper whiskey, though, is it? Yeah. Isn't it a bourbon? Uh, no. I'd give it a go. You know, the, the whole point of going to America is to be a cowboy, isn't it? You do have a lot of bourbons. I do. <laughs> That's not a cowboy. That's a good old boy. Anyway, moving on. Number six. All of royalty get wiped out in England. 
<laughs> and the line of succession falls to you boys. What's we didn't the do it. first thing Promise. you do as monarch? Mine would be monarchy rule. We'd get rid of parliament. We would disband parliament and begin again. Yes. We would com- create a completely new political structure. Mm. Yeah, I'm down with that. Or alternatively, what we could do is just spend our entire lives visiting countries and waving. Yeah, well, the first thing I, I go on TV and go, as your new ruler, I am taking over. You will kneel. Yeah, kneel before Zod. You <laughs> will kneel before Andrew. <laughs> and I would rule with an iron fist of Zod. I would make my mum chance for the exchequer. Oh, yes. there is nobody alive better with money than my mum. No. So that's the first job gone. gone to my, and yes, it is nepotism. Deal with it. Isn't that what happens in Parliament anyway? Pretty much. And all the secretaries, the wives? Pretty much. Or girlfriends? Or both, as the case may be. <laughs> Number seven, we all know Michael loves his chocolate biscuits, but what other junk foods do you boys reach for more than others? Ooh. Well, you, it's Haribo, isn't it? You know what? That's the first time I've had any for ages and you've just told the kids I've got some Haribo now. <laughs> oh. Haribo Smurfs. All right, favourite junk Ooh. food? My favourite junk food... See, going with the American here, it has to be Reese's Pieces. Yes, and yes. And Reese's Cupcakes. Reese's Cupcakes. I can't stand them because I don't like peanut butter. But when we were on holiday, they, they have the little ones in, in the big bag that don't have the foil wrappers on. Mm. So you just open it and eat them, which is so much more convenient when you're trying to play Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying to shoot people through the head. You can't shoot people and unwrap one of the cupcakes. Right, fair enough. Adam. Um... What was the question? What's your favourite junk food? Oh, um, all of it. Either everything. A choice of three: Twinkies, rest in peace. Man. Oh, the back. Are they? Twinkies are the back, dude. Oh yes. Let's go to America. <laughs> uh, Twinkies, Lay's, or um, watch them call them minstrels. All right, okay. Because they are awesome. You could have said walkers. walkers. Yeah. yeah. Walkers I pretty much are Lay's. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that's why yeah, I like them. But I don't eat a lot of. Walkers, Chris. They make your tongue tingle. Well, I don't. I'd rather have. Right. Adam, Michael, sorry. Um, it again. Mighty fond of flyers. What are flyers? The like um, licorice. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ma- Anya, favorite junk food? Haribo. Haribo. Well done. I like. I ain't got none. I like <laughs> chocolate stuff, don't I? I like yeah. Galaxy and Dairy Milk. Something that you can break off and put in your mouth and suck while you're shooting people in Call of Duty. And chocolate orange. Oh, Terry's chocolate orange, yeah. Mm. So you've not got something in your hand while you're, you're shooting or driving. Yeah. While you play Need for Speed and you fold more stank. So you get someone else to hold something in the hand and suck whilst you play on college. Yeah. In the prison with your iron fist that gets you from Number eight. More food. You are sentenced to death for irresponsible podcasting for some reason. What is your last meal? A nice, big, juicy steak. Would you? Would you not have a roast dinner? Eat. With steak. Roasting <laughs> <laughs> with steak. With steak. That, you, 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 I'm a food Nazi, you can't do that. <laughs> yes, alright, alright. Either a roast dinner with like chicken and potatoes and vegetables and gravy and stuff, or a big steak. Michael? Um, that burger we had in Santa Parks yeah. was the burger, the cheese, the, the one that was bigger than your head. Chicken, onion rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. and, and the milkshake from the Poseidon restaurant in. That was awesome. Um, Islands of Adventure. Right. The one with the, the wrap that was just a leaf. Yeah. Adam? Uh, another choice of three hash browns and sausages, um, scrambled egg on toast, or sausage casserole all cooked by mum. 
Oh. Hey, Mom, I'm going to die. Can you come over and cook some food for me? I got some washing as well. I thought that's why you'd have gone for a rose. I thought you'd have gone for one of mine. Well, you do good steak as well. <laughs> so, um, did you pick one? No, because uh, I don't know. She that's doesn't podcast? Yeah, I don't podcast. All right, screw that. <laughs> I've got sentenced to death. <laughs> we should do a podcast and then a meal, or a meal and then a podcast. No, we've been sentenced to death for irresponsible podcasts. Right, so the meal would just be... Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be the last supper. Right. Number nine, you get cast as Doctor Who. What is your clothing style and catchphrase? I don't really do... Eclectic? Eclectic. I don't really do catchphrases, and I don't think they've ever really taken off on Doctor Who. But what would be my clothing style, Ange? Blue Adidas, blue jeans, black shirt, black leather jacket. But Chris Rackleson kind of did that. Black leather jacket with blue Adidas trainers. Oh, yeah, you're the doctor. You can we wear what you want. Say eclectic. David Tennant wore Converse with a suit. And it looked good. I would wear... I, it would look good. I would pull it off. Leather jackets and trainers do not look good. All right, good. I wouldn't wear the leather jacket then, just the black shirt. With blue trainers. Yeah, and blue jeans. The doctor's discovered jeans. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. The rest of And a Rail and Givens hat. And a Rail and Givens just hat. Just to top yeah. your election. Oh, no, alternatively, no, I would just dress like Rail and Givens. That's fair enough. Uh, uh, that's what I... The cowboy hat, the shirt. Is he a guy from Justified? Yeah. yeah. I would totally dress like Rail and Givens. I would be the first cowboy doctor. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't draw this sonic screwdriver unless I aim to use it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, I, I don't know. Jeans and a T-shirt. My Ramones T-shirt. The doctor in a Ramones T-shirt. My catchphrase: "Sorry, I'm too tired." <laughs> what do you mean? I've got to save the world again? <laughs> I could just go back in time before it needed saving. Yeah, number ten. I come to visit the land what of Big Ben. And, oh, sorry. Well, I didn't think they'd cast you as the doctor because you're tiny. <laughs> oh, he's taller than me. That's true. All right. Well, if you were the doctor, what I, would you? I'd basically bring back the funds every time I did something. <laughs> hey, how about you, first female doctor? Oh, what was the question? They've cast you as Doctor Who. What's your clothes and catch for us? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Yeah, probably all in black. Would you not be Romana? With big boots. Big what? <laughs> boots. Ah, right. Number ten, I come to visit the land of Big Ben and Parliament. What non-tourist thing would you guys take me to enjoy? Well, we'd get him out of London for a start, <laughs> because there's more to the country than London. I think we'd show him Manchester, <laughs> wouldn't we? If it's culturally diverse, every bit's culturally diverse as, as London. We could take him to the, 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 the scummy, punky band places we used to go. We'd take him to Manchester Academy. And see you's on. That's not scummy. No, they've done it up a bit since. I can't remember the the one we went to that was... Where the floors were sticky. The basement. Yeah. And it was like walking on sponge. Yeah. Because <laughs> we weren't watching... Oh, was it? I don't remember. I, I remember seeing all these bands that you mentioned we saw, but I never remember where and I never remember when. The, the thingy people. The thingy Nerf people. Herder. Nerf herder. We saw Yeah, we Nerf saw Nerf herder. herder didn't we? It was a tiny little... The, the venue was no bigger than our dining room. Yeah, it was quite a small. The stage was, like, no bigger than our table. Yeah, you could reach out and touch them. Yeah, but when we saw us. Bush, the, the Bush venue's not much bigger than our house. Could you reach out yeah. and grab Bush? Yes, you could <laughs> reach out and grab Bush. Your dad, well, we both got wet by, yes. by, by, by Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then obviously Manchester's got the corner house. 
which is a cinema that plays like Blade Runner and Brazil and stuff like that rather than big multiplex. And there's lots of good places to drink. Plus there's two comedy clubs. But you never take me to any of these places and I live with you. We've been the corner house. Have we not been the corner house? Yeah. All right, I'll think about that then. And there's the frog and bucket and the comedy store. Yeah, the comedy store is good. So there's two. Then there's the whole gay bit, which is full of bars. Canal Street. Canal Street. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we get you down here to Manchester, Chris. It is quite interesting to walk around near Canal Street because when we do training, it's near the Bloom Street, is near Canal Street. Mm. I'm walking past, it's like, is it? Is it not? <laughs> uh, number 11, you visit the States again. What do you want to see and do that you didn't do last time? Well, Angela and I... Hey. We want to fly to the nearest point. Oh, we've talked about this for years, haven't we? We want to fly to the nearest point, which is either Boston or New York from here, isn't it? Yeah. And then just rent a car and just drive. Yeah. That's what we want to do, isn't it? No suitcases. Toothbrush, passport, some money in your pocket, that's it. And just drive across America from left to right. All the for way For a few right. days until you need a shower. Yeah. Well, no, you'd stay in hotels along the way. Nutty. And obviously, it's your mum, so there'd be five-star hotels. Oh, no, no, I was just thinking, we'd do it Sam and Dean, and we'd stay in motels with the magic fingers. <laughs> Some <laughs> crappy motels with bad decor yeah. and porn channels on tap. Well, you know, so, uh, Seriously, I want to go to New York. I know you do. I want to do New York. I'd have to keep nudging you, though, to make you stop watching Spider-Man swinging about. Because he totally would. He totally would. Yes, indeed. That'd be pretty cool, though. What? Going into um, New York and just in Spider-Man swing past. I like, would. He'd, he'd fall in your car. I would and see Spider-Man swinging past. I. Yeah, he, he is real. Yeah. Of course. Number 12. Andy, what's your favourite decade of Spider-Man comics as a whole? The 60s, dude. Without a doubt. Ditko, Ramita, Gil Kane, all quality stuff. The 70s are good because you've got Jerry Conway's early run, even though some of that was Guano crazy. Aunt May inherits an island that has a nuclear power plant on it. Come on, that's gold. But it's a little bit silly, isn't it? And then it went into a downward trajectory for a bit. Len Wein's runs a bit man. Marv Wolfman's runs pretty god awful when you reread it. And then it picks up again in the 80s thanks to Roger Stern. But Tom DeFalco's run fizzles and David Michelini's run with Todd McFarlane's a bit meh, which is a shame because I like David Michelini. And then you've got the Clone Saga in the 90s, which is very up and down. And then you've got the crappy reboot by John Byrne, which was awful. And then you're into Straczynski's run, which is up and down. So, obviously the 60s. Obviously. Okay. Obviously. Isn't, isn't Ditko the, the one that drew... Is he next? That drew the awesome Spider-Man. Like, that skin on the first Spider-Man game that was really awesome. Was that Ditko? What? On the first Spider-Man game on the PS2, there's a really cool Spider-Man skin, and we really liked it. Was that Ditko's? I, I, no, Ditko wasn't on that. Was you mean the black one that looked pretty weird? I think so. The Alex Ross one. The Alex Ross, that's the bugger. Right. Well, he's never drawn Spider-Man for an extended period of time. Well, so. I still quite like it. Number 13, Michael, what decade would you like to live through as a teenager, barring the one you're in? Um, The 50s. Really? Seventies. Oh, nineties. Your mum said the seventies. We thought you'd go for the seventies because, mm. in terms of cinema and music, the seventies just seemed like your decade. I mean, there was a lot of crap. Bony M. David Soul. <laughs> Don't give a fun as B. See, all this was happening. Why punk was happening? And you're like the Sex Pistols. 
and David Soul. How do these two things See? coexist at the same time? Yeah, but yeah, everybody but seems to remember punk being this massive thing that went forever. Nope, it, it 18 it. months, it been and gone. tiny little thing, wasn't the it? The light that burns twice as bright burns half as long. Sex Pistols were gone in 18 months. Yeah, sure, they're still around now. Well, there is that, but its influence has been massive. You know, yes. when Metallica and Lou Reed did an album, anything can happen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I need to wrap this up because my stupid questions are piling up. Keep making the show and I'll keep listening unless I go deaf from blasting Fox on the run too loud as I'm cruising. Your friend from the colonies, Chris. Thanks, Chris. They were good then. He broke every single rule we, we, we put out, though. But we forgive him because we like hey. him. Yeah. What are rules for? Tom Panarese got in touch. Hello, Leyland. Hello, Hello. Tom. There are some questions for your questions episode. Feel free to use as many or as few as you'd like. There are a lot of podcasts where we talk about comics we read as kids and evaluate whether or not they hold up years later. What comics can you think of that you read when you were younger that you didn't get or understand back then, but when rereading as an adult or young adult, you can appreciate now? For instance, I tried reading Sandman when it came out, but I didn't get it at 14, 15. When I read it again a decade later, I thought it was great. Um, Alpha Flight. Yeah, by John Byrne is the one that springs immediately to mind for me. As a kid, North Star being gay, poof, straight over my head. Yeah. As an adult, you're reading it going, this guy's gay, isn't he? And it's one of those things that you're like, where did this John Byrne go? Yeah. Because this is subtle. And then you get to his Superman run where Maggie Sawyer's a lesbian, and you're like, Maggie Sawyer's a lesbian. That's blatantly <laughs> obvious. North Star's gay. That's really subtle. <laughs> and it put us an awful lot of stuff like that it's like Chris Claremont's X-Men run yeah. as an adult you read it and you go actually this is pretty deep stuff whereas a kid you just schnicked yeah. best there is at what he does that's what you're interested in so there's an awful V for Vendetta would probably be my main one though yeah I read that when I was about god late teens and like, it was good I just read Preacher again and the first time I read that I was like 14 mm. so there's a lot of that which I got this time around yeah there's an awful lot of comics like that that there's some stuff that flies right over your head mm. when you're a kid. But yeah, I think I'd go for V for Vendetta and, and the fact that North Star was gay in Alpha Flight was something I, I didn't get at all first time round. Have there ever been any comics or comic events that have made you want to walk away from collecting altogether? I don't mean from the financial constraints that they often cause, but because the comic book itself so disappointed or infuriated you that you wanted to declare yourself done and completely close your pull list at your local comic shop. And what taught you off the ledge? Clone Saga. Spider-Man. Drop Spider-Man. In fact, I dropped it before the Clone Saga began. I dropped it. The, the tail end. Feel the bad vibrations. Yes, again. the tail end of Michelini's run. He has the whole Peter Parker's parents come back. Yeah, and you're just getting a bad vibe from that. And it turns out the chameleon or Red Skull androids or something. And then Peter Parker goes into this spiral of depression where he's miserable all the time, and he's the spider, not the man. And it was just so depressing. I just walked away. And the Clone Saga hadn't even begun. To this day, I've not read all of the Clone Saga. Fair I've enough. got it all now, yeah. and I do mean to read it all, but it was the Clone Saga. What taught me off the ledge was Angela. Me? Yeah. You would make me go... When Michael was born, I didn't read a lot of comics, did I? Because money, other things. We and still it, managed to go every week. But you were the one who was like, well, let's go and get your preacher. And let's get... And it was you that was, let's go and get preacher for you. Go on. I mean, I don't know whether you just like getting out of the house. Well, see, I didn't read preacher then. But you were very enabling yeah, of me going go and getting it. And all told tales of Spider-Man. 
kept me reading Spider-Man when I wasn't reading anything else. What about you, Michael? I'm good. You are? Um, events. What, any, anything that's made you want to go, no, no more! I'm very optimistic. The line is drawn here! I'm very optimistic, I don't give up on comics like that. No, but see, I've never stopped reading them. <laughs> I think the closest I came was Bendis' Avengers. That made you want to pack it in? No, 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 well, maybe that Avengers run. Right. But last year, I read all of it over the summer holidays. <laughs> oh, it was crap. Up to Avengers vs. X-Men. And it was then where it just seemed like just dead. Because it obviously um, ended at Siege, but it carried on. And after that, after when it carried on, it just didn't seem right anymore. Right. I know there was an enjoying it, so I was like, well, I should just stop reading it. Yeah, well, I, I did that with Brubaker's Captain America, didn't I? Yeah. It was like, for Brubaker's early run was really good, and then he killed Cap and made Winter Soldier Cap. And then, you know from reading interviews later on, that he was asked to extend how long Bucky was Captain America. Yeah. And it reads in the book. It suddenly becomes very... You're not enjoying it as much anymore. And then when he brought Cap back, the boot wasn't as good anymore. And yeah. it's, uh, I think Brubaker stayed too long on Captain America. Uh, there's a case to be made, I think, that when they said to him, make Winter Soldier Cap for longer, he should have said, well, I don't want to do that, I'm walking. Yeah. And I, do, I don't know whether it would have made the book any better, but I do think... But by and large, I do like you do. I just stop reading that one book. I don't yeah. stop comics completely. Because at the moment, I'm not enjoying a lot of New 52 stuff. But I think Batman's awesome at the minute by Scott Snyder. But there's so many other things out there that you can read. Superior Spider-Man's great. Daredevil's great. Indestructible Hulk's great. Hawkeye's magnificent. Yeah. Fantastic Four's great. Matt Fraction's Satellite Sam in the independent arena. Lazarus, the new Ed Brubaker book that's coming out next time. I'm reading Saga, Star Wars. Yeah. I'm reading more indie stuff than mainstream stuff. Although I'm reading much more Marvel than DC. Whereas I think you may be the other way around. Yeah. Since we've both covered the same Batman-Robin Nightwing stories from time to time, Tom continues, I have to ask, if the editors and writers of the Batman books have been allowed to use Nightwing during Nightfall or Night Quest, would those storylines have been... What would those storylines have been like? Uh, it wouldn't have worked. No, I don't think it would have either. Because if Dick Grayson had been picked to be Batman instead of Azrael, the, plot of the, the whole point of the story work, yeah. would have been lost. The whole point of the story was that the, the, everybody's asking for a darker Batman. Everyone's a Batman that kills. Yeah. So let's give them a Batman that kills. But if Dick Grayson had been that Batman, it would have irrevocably ruined Dick Grayson's character. It would have been better if how they handled Nightwing was better. Yes, how they handled Nightwing was appalling, because it was very much, we don't want Nightwing in this story, so let's just brush him off. Yeah. They didn't convincingly get him out of the way. Now, maybe they could have established that the Teen Titans were on Jupiter or something <laughs> while all this was going on. I don't know. But how they handled Nightwing was bad. But had Nightwing been in those stories, those stories wouldn't have worked mm. because that the point of the story would have been missed because Dick Grayson would never have been that Batman. Yeah. So that was... That's what I think. I think that's it. As always, I enjoy the show. I'm looking forward to hearing you guys talk about Nightwing Year One, which you already have done. And when you do, you'll definitely be getting an email. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Questions and answers like Jeopardy, but without Alex Trebek, is the next email from Luke Jackanetti. Is Jeopardy a game show? Yeah. Right. Okay. The first... I've seen Oh, yeah, got to get on for Jeopardy. Jeopardy, five o'clock, yeah. I forgot about that, yeah. The thirst for knowledge can never be quenched, so let's ask some questions of our two favourite British podcasters not named Stephen Lacey. We'll take that as a compliment, won't we? Yeah. 
For Andrew, in the course of the show, we've seen that you tend to be primarily a superhero fan, so I want to ask you, who is your favourite non-superhero comic book series of all time? It can be big too, third party or independent, just no superheroes preacher. Hands down. My favourite finite comic book series ever is Preacher. Because it is awesome. It is. If you don't like Preacher, you're bored of life. Okay. <laughs> suicide rates of comic book fans doubles overnight. <laughs> yeah, I see lots of people reading Preacher. Do you? Yeah. Who? Um, the, a game reviewer uh, I liked compared a game to Preacher. Right. I was on the train to a gig in Manchester one time, and the guy sat in front of us was reading Preacher. I honestly think Preacher is the kind of comic that comic book companies should be putting out to appeal to people who don't read pre- uh, comics. It's not as, I don't want to say articulate or as erudite as Sandman. I was going to say as pretentious. But you know what I mean. Sandman appeals to a specific art student crowd. And there are a lot of people who will be just as put off by Sandman as are interested in it. They may read it and go, well, this isn't what I thought comics were, but there are. it's not something I think you could give to a mainstream audience. You can give Preacher to anyone. If, if people like Quentin Tarantino movies, they'll like Preacher. Wasn't, didn't you say that Sandman is the comic that you give to your girlfriend to get a reading comic? Yes, if your girlfriend's an art student. Yeah. But Preacher is the comic you give your dad to get him to read comics. And I think there should be more... Of, and you, obviously, because <laughs> you liked Preacher more than Sandman, but you liked Hitman more than Preacher. I did. So, I, I honestly think that, I honestly think Preacher is the kind of book, not just a copy of Preacher, but they should be doing more books like that, that run a finite amount of time, 65 issues that you can keep in reprint per, in perpetuity, mm-hmm. that appeal to new audiences as time goes by. And it's a book you have to have no knowledge of before you read it. And when you finish reading it, you don't have to have any knowledge of it again. And every character in it is relatable. And they're all wearing proper clothes. They're not gods or Sandman, Morpheus, and the Endless or oh, whatever. God forbid, a vampire. Or a vampire. Absurd. Oh, yeah. He wears normal clothes. <laughs> well, I've often thought, right, what happens if Cassidy, Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Buzz from Peter David's Supergirl series all got their own comic book series? Because they are essentially are the same character. The smart-ass British vampire, or Irish in Cassie's case. But they're essentially the same character. They like punk. They smoke a lot. They're a smart-ass. So what happens if you get all three of those in the same comic? I think that would be awesome, but it would never happen. Yeah. Because it's not just multi-character comic continuity, it's multi-owner as well. Good question. It's... Don't Did you email it in? Well, no. <laughs> I didn't email it in, you're not well, coming in. I don't expect you to know off the top of your head and then straight away, but Spike is a vampire, right? Yes, And no. he smokes a lot. Yes. Could he then die of cancer? No, because he's no, dead. because he's a vampire. He's already dead. Vampires can smoke as much as they like. But on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, smoking was he is evil. Angel started smoking when he turned into Angelus yes. and stuff like that. For Michael, as the younger member of the team, you are much more in the target audience for modern big two publishing strategies. We've seen both the full-on relaunch of the DCU with the New 52 and the soft relaunch of Marvel with Marvel Now. So, lay it all out. If you can have one, who is tops, Marvel or DC? DC. Do you not... He is more DC than Marvel, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's always been more DC. DC, you can't turn around a corner without end-of-the-world events. That's pretty cruel. 
No, if, you know, if you're living in the DC world, I'm surprised you haven't committed suicide yet. <laughs> the last one, I, I think DC at the moment is just too bleak. It's just too miserable. There's no joy de vivre anymore. There's no celebration. Look, it's Superman. It's, oh, it's Superman. We should be terrified of him. Well, I'm, I'm not saying the DC stuff now is all that great, but... The DC con- universe generally. Yeah. Do you consider Vertigo to be part of DC? Yes. Well, it's a go. separate verse. It's Earth V. There we go. But it's part of the DC. But you want to live in the Vertigo universe? I would, yeah. That would All be right, fair enough. Okay. I like that he got his comic book love off you, but he's still he's a DC kid. The dark side. <laughs> yeah, he's got your dark side. <laughs> is what it is. But his his gen- his entertainment level is me and you filtered. Yeah, isn't it? It's kind of the mingling. Of the <laughs> yeah, it's he likes the stuff that I like, but he likes it to be a little more bleak mm. and miserable. <laughs> To be honest. For each of you, which was your favourite episode to prepare for and record? Oh, I love all of them. I do. We haven't done one. No, no, I am going to answer it properly. We haven't done one where it has been a chore to do the notes. Sometimes editing becomes a chore. I will freely admit that. But actually reading the comics and doing the notes, there is not one that has been a chore to do the notes for the comics. Mm. Playing Metal Gear Solid got infuriating as hell. Because really? every time I died, it would take you all the way back. And I'm like, I've done this. And you That's why I'm mailing Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get on the bloody ladder. And I've got to be honest, I hated Civil War. But I did not not like doing the show. Mm. But I hated Civil War. And if there are any two episodes I could drop off a cliff and, and they just disappear into the ether, it'd be those How two. How do you drop an episode off a cliff? Exactly, and never hear from it again. But it's out there, we recorded it, it's out there, people can do what they want with like it. Like what Tony Stark does with um, Iron Man pick, pick up the files and just drop them in the bin. Yeah. Um, my favourites, though, were Secret Wars, which I still <laughs> think... <Really>? Yes. <laughs> Secret Wars is what I want the show to be every week. Okay. It's just the right mix of affectionate piss-take and nostalgic fondness but filtered through my now I love this as a kid but it's a bit dubious as an adult yeah. and your this is dribble <laughs> attitude and I if anyone ever says I want to listen to your show pick me an episode I always say Secret Wars I think if you like those you'll like everything else we do and if you don't like them no harm no foul not everything's yeah. going to be for everyone our Star Wars episodes were the most rated at the time since the super happy birthday Superman's wiped the floor with everything and that's my other pick. Uh, Happy birthday, Superman. How much did I love doing that, Ange? You started doing yeah. notes for that ages in November. You I started doing notes for Superman in November because it wasn't just notes, it was building up the history so you knew what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I read Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, Post Crisis. I read a ton of Superman stuff, not just comics. I watched the George Reeves TV show and I watched the films again and cartoons and everything. And I just immersed myself in Superman for about four months. Mm. And you're going, mmm. But at the end of it, I was still not bored of him. I could have I could have done Happy Birthday Superman all year and just picked different Superman shows. But a part of the appeal of that was I've always loved him as a character but he's not like Spider-Man I don't know all his history off the top of my head I can reel chapter and verse about Spider-Man can't I uh, I was going to say you if you said 
which is Andrew's favourite character, or if you think of Andrew, what character do you think of it? It is always Spider-Man. Mm, but I can real, I can do that stuff without doing any notes. Is that not more the appeal with Superman? You don't know everything. Yeah, because there's so much out there to learn. It's like you don't like the new 52, I don't like the new 52, Superman. It doesn't matter. There's 75 years worth of Superman stories out there, probably 20-odd years of which I've never read. Mm. And one of the things about doing the show as well, that may be our statement on Superman. We will never do something that in-depth about that character ever again. We may never do something that in-depth about any character ever again. Yeah. Because for, in my eyes, he was worth it. Because he was the first, and he's arguably still the best. Despite the fact that the people in charge don't seem to be able to handle him at the minute. He is the character from whence this all sprang. Without Superman, you don't have Spider-Man. Without Superman, you don't have Batman. Without Superman, you don't have any of this that we've spent three years celebrating. And I felt, give the guy his due. And in doing it, I fell in love with him. In not a gay way, but there's nothing wrong with that. I fell in love with the well, character. He's never been in prison, so. He's never been in prison. Well, he may have been. Uh, Peter Parker has. Um, see? See? There you go. Um, he probably has at some point, I don't remember. But I fell in love with the character so much that he did... For a short time, there was... If you'd have said, who's your favourite character? It would have been Spider-Man, Superman. It would have been interchangeable. Because if in my, in, if I'm being brutally, brutally honest, in my heart of hearts, Spider-Man has not been Spider-Man since issue 100. Since he, and before that, since he graduated high school, I would argue. I can it not also have something to do with that you... Spider-Man is always that teenager. It doesn't matter how old he gets and gets married, they always take him back. He's mm. always that high school, Which he college teenager. So is it not more that Superman is this grown-up, working Clark Kent guy, and now you're more... You're not that teenager anymore. Possibly. But I still identify with the teenager I was. Yeah. But Clark Kent speaks to me as the adult I have become. <laughs> no, no, that... that that's a good theory because Clark when he's not been written horribly when he's been written as a normal guy not a bumbling buffoon he is you he's the guy you have to punch in at work every day he has to go and do his job his job gets in the way of what he really wants to do but he needs to do that because he's not Bruce Wayne he needs to earn a living no so now rather than being the teenager in high school who thinks that he can go off and be Spider-Man when Mm. he gets home you know Clark Kent who has to go through the drudge of day every day and then you come home and you can be Superman yeah you do there are I'm 41 and I still just want to rip my shirt open and fly and I think that's part of the appeal of it I've never lost that feeling of what it would like to be able to do that I've never grown up is essentially what I'm saying. Oh, I know. There is the Clark Kent part of your life where you have to be a grown-up, and you've got no choice. There's responsibilities now. As a father of three children, I have to take on board. But I've never forgot how cool it would be to just rip your shirt open and fly. And I think that's ultimately part of his appeal, and that's something I think I fell in love with when we did Happy Birthday Superman. And it's all the different incarnations of him as well. There's the Golden Age guy who chucks people out of windows... And shows no remorse for it. There's the guy who... He had to make a choice. There was two cars crashing. One was full of bad guys. One was an innocent family. He chose to save the innocent family. And his thought bubble was no great loss in the choice they've had to make. And there's a part of you that really identifies with that. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got the Boy Scout, the guy who doesn't let anybody die, the by the guy who will not kill, mm-hmm. and that's just as valid an interpretation. And then you've got the guy who's kind of in the middle of that, who yeah, is. Whereas, like, will not kill. Well, if I let them crash, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not them, actually I'm killing not them. If I just leave them on yeah. this cliff, yeah, yeah they die. But, but I think that's part of the appeal as well. Spider-Man continuity starts at one and goes through. And yes, there's been retcons and rewrites and continuity flubs and stuff, but Superman, there's so many different ages of him that are nothing to do with the other. The Golden Age Superman is not the Silver Age Superman. Essentially, it's a different character. The gold, the Silver Age Superman is not the Bronze Age Superman. It's a different character. Christopher Reeve is not George Reeves. They're, they're essentially playing two different versions of the same guy. Dean Cain isn't Christopher Reeve. Henry Cavill isn't Dean Cain. And I think that's one of the, the reasons there's been so much of a backlash against Man of Steel, that it, it was such a completely different take on Superman, that people have backlashed against it. Whereas for me, having just done all that Happy Birthday Superman stuff and seen how many different versions of Superman there are, this was more of a throwback. This was, what if Christopher Reeve had played the Golden Age Superman instead of the 70s Superman? And that's probably why I didn't hate it as much as everyone else did. Everybody still seems to be stuck on Christopher Reeve yes. as Superman. Nobody's ever moved on from that. No, which is a valid criticism. And it's kind of true of me. He's my Superman. Mm. doesn't matter who they cast as Superman in the future or who's playing him now. And Henry Cavill was great. Whatever the problems you may have had with Men of Steel, Man of Steel, Henry Cavill was fantastic. <laughs> He was arguably the best live-action Superman since Reeve. And that's not disparaging Dean Kane. I just don't think he played Superman. No, he did an excellent Clark Kent. I don't think he got to play Superman. Brandon Routh was shafted. Brandon Routh was told to play Christopher Reeve playing Superman. Yeah. So he didn't get a chance to show us what he can do. And Tom Welling... Tom Welling didn't play Superman. No. Tom, Tom Welling played Clark Kent for 10 years and then through CGI trickery he played Superman for 30 seconds at the end of the last episode but he didn't play Superman cheating me out of what was cheating you out I, I bet Angela I we've mentioned this in a show if Tom Welling if what was the it was if we get a money shot of Tom Welling full. in the suit a full on money body, shot similar to Christopher Reeve's first appearance in the Fortress of Solitude if we get a full on money shot of Tom Welling as Superman I will take you anywhere and buy you anything yeah and you were like, okay. And you actually sat through an episode of Smallville. I did. That entire last episode. And we got to the end. And the, the music comes on, the John Williams music. And I'm like, uh, this may actually cost me a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. I did start to get a little bit, oh dear. But he didn't let me down. Thank you, Tom. The guy didn't let me down by his cowardice. Cheated. It wasn't the writing team. It was his cowardice. No, it's, it's Welling. Was it? Welling has said good throughout the show, I am not wearing the suit. And I was like, they may have got him to change his mind for the last episode. But no. I think it was actually in his contract. He will not wear the suit. Fair enough. So so thanks Tom Welling for saving me an awful lot of money. So but we went on for an awful long time on that one question, yeah. didn't we? Happy birthday supermap was probably the answer. What about you, Mike? <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> what was your favourite episode to prepare for Andrew Card? I actually like the ones I did because of course you do if I'm doing it I'm gonna enjoy it so so every other episode that we've done that I picked you were like I couldn't give a toss about this or no like when we did my top 10 favourite Spider-Man stories where somebody emailed in and said Michael didn't even seem like he was there I read them 
<laughs> yeah, in between talking on Facebook and listening to music. I read them. Um, I, I, I enjoyed doing the Flashpoint one. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised by how much I liked Flashpoint. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, I then enjoyed doing the Grant Morrison one. Kel surprise. Yes, and again, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed All-Star Superman. It was fun editing that one as well. Mm-hmm. It's always a drag editing, but that one was pretty fun. Uh, I, I like doing Final Crisis. Yeah. It was a shorter synopsis, it. Yes. <laughs> but that was fun. Um, I really liked doing the Metal Gear Solid ones recently. Well, I figure after 140-odd episodes, we can throw you a bone and do a vanity project. Yeah, yeah. That was me thinking. Mm. So, yeah, um, one of those. All right. Some of those. Okay. All of those. Uh, coming up on the end, lovely listeners. So, uh, for our next question is Michael Bailey. Oh, uh, didn't let you down. He didn't let me down. Greetings, mates. Greeting, Michael. You yeah. sent out the call for questions, and I wanted to throw my hat into the ring. I have three one for Michael, one for Andrew, and one for all. Here we go. Michael, given that you have grown up with comics always being around, do you think you have a different perspective on the medium than other people your age? The reason I ask is that most people your age are just discovering comics and think of the here and now as the end all and be all of everything. You have someone in your house who has gone through the five stages of grief when it comes to collecting several times. So I'm wondering if that has shaped how you view the comics you read um yeah kind of has actually oh I think because you, you're very intolerant of bandwagon jumping yeah I am um and yeah you know, I can't say it without sounding pretentious don't just I, say it I don't like it but when I'm in Waterstones or something and I can't look at what there is because of all the, the hipsters there <laughs> who, who have just seen a trailer for a new Wolverine movie so want to go and bloody look at Enemy of the State. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and how um, Watchmen is the best comic ever written. Ever! Ever! And we will brook no argument! Yeah, because they've just seen a film. <laughs> um, and that's it. It's just... I think a lot of people uh, my age are only reading comics because of the films, right? Which there's no problem with, but it's how they act it's about the, those The comics. problem I have that seems to be... that comes from you is your loathing of people who've seen Batman Begins and then read Batman Year One and then suddenly think they're an expert on the comics. Yeah. And you're like, but no, because you've corrected people when it really gets on your nerves, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. He corrects his teachers. He corrects his teachers. <laughs> I, do, I did have an argument with my media teacher when she didn't believe me Walking Dead was... Was a comic book, comic, yeah. yeah. So, so the answer to that is yes, then. Yeah. I find it really funny, because I'm just... I'm just... I don't care anymore. I'm past caring if people bandwagon jumped because something's popular at the minute. Like, how many Batman t-shirts are there around now? I mean, you and I have played that game, haven't we? Yeah. Let's see how many Superman and Batman t-shirts we can spot in a given day but I bet if I went up to them and said who's your favourite Batman artist <laughs> they would look at me and go huh? like they would even know we came from the comics I, I do have a smug grin sometimes walking I'm like I actually have a reason to wear a best Superman t-shirt yeah because it did used to be if somebody wore a t-shirt you, you pretty much like you have something in common with me yeah. and now any nut will wear a Batman t-shirt won't they it doesn't mean they actually like Batman it means they may have seen Dark Knight a couple of times and that's it Right, okay. Andrew, do you think we have come to the point with superheroes that Origin don't have the power they once did? In the past decade, we've seen several revamps, both in comics and on film, for seminal characters like Superman and Spider-Man. When we were younger, the Origin was sacrosanct. Now it seems like something that can be redone. Now it seems like it's something that can be redone at will. And I'm curious how that is going to shape the comics and superhero fans of today. I don't... 
I don't think it's necessarily that it was sacrosanct. It's more that the creators of old didn't constantly go back to the same well. I think it's that Spider-Man's origin was told in Amazing Fantasy 15, it was retold in Amazing Spider-Man 1 over the course of a page, and then other than mentions, his origin was never touched upon again until Amazing Spider-Man 50, when we got an extended recap. And then again, it wasn't really touched upon, I think, I could be wrong, but I think, until Roger Stern did a 17-page rewrite of it, incorporating all the little different things that had happened in the interim and giving us the definitive origin. So I think it's more of a case of that they told the origin and moved on. The origin was just a means to an end. This is how he got his powers, let's go on. And I, I think it's an awful lot of writer ego. Hmm. Roger Stern said in an interview once, if you're going to do a comic that is the origin of a character then that comic will get reprinted a lot and you can make a lot of money from royalties. Which is fine. That's good. I know I approve of that. But a lot of people who then go back and revisit that well make changes to the origin for the sake of putting their own stamp on the character. Yeah. But, like, there's no... I don't have a problem with making it a genetically engineered spider that bites Peter Parker rather than a radioactive spider because we now know an awful lot more about radiation than we did in the 60s, that makes sense. But stuff like Superman and Batman, their origin's timeless. Bruce Wayne's parents can get shot in a dingy alleyway in 1940, 1980, or 2010. It does not matter. And there's no need to just constantly keep going back to that well, other than they seem deathly afraid of telling new stories. But there is a thing where, as a reader, there are, there are different origins, there are different origins which are in their own continuity. Yeah. There's your own fun stuff, and it's, it's up to your own interpretation of what is your origin. Yeah, I, I always go back to the original. Yeah, but I think, with certain characters, some origins are better than the original. Yeah, you can argue DC's origins ha- have dated better than Marvel's. Yeah. Hal Jordan can get his Green Lantern ring in any era. Yeah. Superman can land from Krypton in any era. As I said, Bruce Wayne's parents can be shot dead in any era. But a lot of the Marvel origins do need tweaking and updating because they're all radiation-based. Well, and as long as there's a war going on, you're all right with some Marvel origins. Well, there will always be another war. Yeah. So, like, if you basically say now, like they did with Tony Stark, it wasn't Vietnam, it was um, the Middle East. Yeah. There will always be another war with the human race. So you take Reed, Sue, Reed Richards sorry, and Ben Grimm, who originally were fighter pilots in... Ben Grimm, anyway, was a fighter pilot in World War II. You now would just say he was a fighter pilot in Gulf War I yeah. in 1991. And as time goes on, he will have been a fighter pilot in Gulf War II. Frank Castle was still in Vietnam. No, well, if Frank Castle... Still works. Yeah, you put, you put him in the Gulf War. Again, yeah. it still works. But his origin, his family being gunned down in Central Park, still works. Doesn't yeah. matter what war Frank Castle is a product of. The war doesn't matter. The war doesn't matter. How he got his training does not matter. Yeah. But his family being gunned down in Central Park still works. So I don't think that it's so much that it's it was they were sacrosanct. It's that I, I, writer ego now wants to just put an extra their own stamp on things. And that's why Jeff Johns has so many Superman origins. Yeah, pretty much. Both of you, what have you learned from each other as comic readers and fans? Is there something that Michael has done that has reshaped something Andrew once held as sacred? And has Andrew changed Michael's mind on the books he reads? Those are my questions. Have at thee, Mikey might be. Um, I've realised that Grant Morrison isn't the Antichrist. (laughs) He has done some good stuff. 
and he's done some stuff that I don't like, but that's pretty much true of any writer. And it was through you making me read more of his stuff that I was able to put aside the fact that I think he's overrated and everyone just dogpiles on him and loves him. Whereas I was I was getting confused by the fact that it's the fans who keep telling me how great he is. Yeah. Was what I was rebelling against more than his actual work. Some of his stuff I think is utterly dreadful. But because of you, I have realised there is some of his stuff that I actually quite like. To avoid Invisibles. I probably wouldn't Stick like the Invisibles. The yes. What have you learned from me, Michael? Um, I'm, I will read more. Yeah, I'll read more stuff. There's a lot of stuff we've done on the show and I would not have touched it if it wasn't for the show. Mm. And there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have touched that I enjoyed. Some of it I didn't enjoy, yeah, but I'm oh, more tolerable and I read more stuff now. Well, that was the, th- the Happy Birthday Superman. Again, I was surprised at how much that stuff you liked. Yeah. Particularly, you liked the Golden Age. Oh, I like the Golden Age. You like yeah. the Golden Age Superman. But even the sillier Silver Age stuff, for want of a better phrase, I know Bob Fisher doesn't like a call in the Silver Age silly. <laughs> But for want of a better phrase, there was an awful lot of that stuff you were like, yeah, this is goofy, but it's fun. Yeah. And it's fun to read. I think some of it is from, it's it's fun compared to the stuff they're printing now. Yeah. And a lot of it is, you've got to put yourself in the mindset, it was written for 10-year-olds. Yeah. With that in mind, you can enjoy it. Let's see what Superman's doing in Trinity War now. Yeah, and that kind of... But I was, I was surprised by how you didn't like Action Comics 775. I thought you'd have liked that. I thought it was crap. Was that the Joe Kelly one? Yeah. But yeah, I think the, one of the reasons was that is putting it in the context of Happy Birthday Superman. Yeah. Alright. Thank you, Michael. We have two more people left. Jan Roman Picula sent us an email saying questions. Dear Andrew and Michael, long time listener, first time emailer to your fantastic, amazing, uncanny, invincible, astonishing, well, you get the point, show. But since I have only 125 minutes left, as of now, I will forgo my rabblings and just continue on to my three questions. Andy, I know it's not likely to happen anytime soon, but should a miracle take place and DC and Marvel play nice again, who do you... Who do you think should be the writer and artist on a new Spider-Man Superman crossover? Oh, and should that comic be timeless and feature Peter Parker and Underpants Superman, or should it be set in the present de- present day DC and Marvel universe and feature Spider Ock and New Fifty Superman, New Fifty Two Superman? And what should the story be about? We have been doing this for nearly two hours. I'm stumbling over my words now. Um, Scott Snyder or Dan Slott? I would say Dan Slott should write it. Mm. I would go more for Snyder. I think. Although I've been disappointed with Snyder's Superman, haven't I? Yeah. Ah, oh, see, I don't know. There is no current Superman writer I really like. So I would, I would plump... All right, we'll go for Dan Slott and see what he pulls out of his, his buttocks. Marcus Martin should draw it. Or Chris so Samney. Well, they two Marvels. Well, Marvel could produce the first one, and then... Well, Chris Samney's just drawn Superman for DC. Okay. So those might get out of jail clause, though. I'd go for Ivan Reese. Uh, oh, or Ivan Reese. No, I'd go for Samney or Marcus Martin. We'll get Ivan Reese on the next one. Okay. Uh, it should be the classic characters. It has to be. Because remember that Punisher Batman from the 90s is as bats. Yeah. That's not dated in any way now, is of it? Of course not, no. no. Uh, and what would it be about? Oh, I don't know. They're paid to be writers. I would have to sit down and come up with something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could do. You're going to write it now? I am. I'm going to go away and write that now. But that's who my creative team would be. Michael, do you look forward to the Batman Arkham Origins game and what new DC villains would you like to see? Um, I look forward to it as another Arkham game. Kind of reluctant to it in certain cases, though. Why? With it 
not having anything to do with the original two games. Wait, is it a prequel? It's a prequel, and right. none of the writing uh, team are on it. Um, Jeff Loeb isn't on it anymore. Yeah, Paul Dini's not on Paul it. Paul Dini, yeah. Yeah. Um, Conroy's not doing the voice, so that's Angela out. No. Of course, <laughs> Mark Hamill's not the Joker. Mark Hamill's not the Joker, so that's Angela out. Yeah. Um, but there are other things in it, like um, they've just released the multiplayer, which sounds pretty cool. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm looking forward to it. But I look forward to all the Batman games. Right. Until I realise, oh wait, so is every other fanboy. I, I want them to do a good Superman game. That's what I want. Casual game. Casual game. <laughs> both or all. Do you both look forward to a new Doctor? Do you think Matt Smith should have stayed on for another season, or did he outstay his welcome? And what kind of Doctor should the next one be? An older chap, or just as young, more serious, or just completely bonkers? Um, it should be a ginger woman. <laughs> Catherine Tate should be the Doctor. Oh, like you're saying, or Amy Pond. No, because no, that's what he kept saying, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm it not ginger, woman, I'm not a woman. Not ginger. I don't want, it's a male part, I'm sorry. I don't want a female doctor. Yes. No, actually, the, when they did have the female time lord lady... Romana. Oh. You don't like Romana? No. I like Romana. I like Leela. Uh, well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Can I kill him, doctor? No, let's let's try talking. She was my favourite. Um, do we look forward to a new doctor? No, actually. I think Matt Smith should have hung around for another year or so. Because I've said to you, I love Stephen Moffat. I've loved him since Press Gang. I think he's a great writer. His work on Doctor Who, however, the show has not been as good as Matt Smith. I think Matt Smith has saved the show on numerous occasions Mm. from being what? And it's his performance. What? Yeah, that has propelled it. I would argue Moffat's year has not been as good as Russell T. Davis's. I don't think. And what has kept us coming back week after week is Matt Smith. Matt Smith has been just phenomenally wonderful in the role and I would have liked him to have bust Tom Baker's record he was when when they first brought him on and he's this weird looking young person and it it was a bit disappointing really because as much as I love um, David Tennant it it was those clips that made me go my doctor is Christopher Christopher Eccleston just that tiny little clip in one of them but Matt Smith is just he's really good the hands and mm. I think he's grown as a character like he started off as a David Tennant clone mm. well that's how the, the performance normally goes isn't yeah. it the, the actor normally takes on the role they, and then they slowly find out who they are don't yeah. they but that's the beauty of the part is they're not playing James Bond no, David Tennant, that was part of one of David Tennant's episodes. first one, wasn't it? Mm. I'm that kind of man. Yeah. He was No learning, second chances. No, he was learning... That's the kind of man I am. He was, as we were getting to know him. But I don't think Tennant filmed the Christmas special first. I think he filmed School Reunion first. Because he had a big geek out that Sarah Jane Smith was in the episode with him. Yeah. Which was quite funny. Uh, so I, I would, because Matt Smith is young enough that he could have done, he could have broke Tom Baker's record quite easily, and still only been what thirty three when he left. Tom Baker was only was forty one when he started doing it, mm. so he could easily have and then gone on to a bigger and better career. I want somebody to break Tom Baker's record. If they carry on the way they're going, they're going to end up with a ten year old yeah. doctor, and they're going to end up with people who only do it for two or three years every time, and that's no good. I want an old serious doctor to do it. Do you? Yeah. Do you want? Some like Bill Nye to be <laughs> yeah. the actor. Oh, yeah. I, I, I honestly think Anthony Stewart Head. 
As the doctor. As the no, doctor. You, no. Do you Stephen think he carries... Fry. Oh, yes. <laughs> Stephen Fry. Oh, Bill Nye, that's really good. Bill Nye, he's already... Been, Bill Nye wouldn't do it, I don't think. Not, I don't think he'd commit to you, a TV series. You can series. have Dinger, um, because he's already been the headmaster. He has, but Colin Baker was in it before he was the doctor, so well, there is precedent. And all of the companions, apart from Clara, have been in it before they were the companion. Although, arguably, you could say Clara was in Clara, it before she was yeah. the companion, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, he's not asked who our favourite companion is, Michael, so oh, that's... <laughs> you, oh, can't, right, look, uh, you can't, you know, um, yeah, get all excited well, well, about Well, he can that anyway, because I've already said mine was Neela. Leela. Leela. Neela. Leela. Leela. I'm not entirely sure what I want from the next Doctor, other than because the way they're going, Christopher Eccleston was serious, like, proper. He wasn't much of a joke. David Tennant was kind of serious... He wasn't as serious as Christopher Eccleston. He was a bit, let's hop off the walls and get high on caffeine. He grew caffeine. moody, though. Well... And he was moody. And then Matt Smith into the distance is more the a joker than serious, because he's all like, he's throwing these words at you that you don't quite understand. Sometimes they can't even be, you know, English. I and love then how, like, how hands. He's, he's, his thought keeps going, his mouth keeps going. As and, he's and, thinking. And yeah. he, he stops himself, especially when <gasps> he covers his mouth up. Yeah, when he does that. When he realises, because there's no filter and there's no difference. Mm. I, I, I think it's a shame that he's going, I honestly do. But I've got no opinion on who's next. So... So, the next Doctor should be completely bonkers, not serious in any way. Like, the Daleks are trying to kill us! Oh, well, let's just go have a no, tea party! No, she went through that with some of the ridiculous Doctors oh. before, didn't you? Mm, well, Tom Baker went and through his just, silly fairs. They just... You need... You, what you need is, you need somebody who can do drama and comedy within the same line of dialogue. And Smith sold that, and so did Tom and so did David Tennant, and Chris Freckleson kind of suffered a bit with the comedy. Yeah. But he wasn't playing a comedic doctor, and he only did it for a year, so I'll cut him some slack. But you need an actor that can do that turning on a dime. You need comedy and drama within one line, because the doctor can be mercurial and serious in the space of three seconds. Where I would argue Eccleston did pull that off was in Dalek, where he's goofing around with the funny little musical thing, and then Von Staten takes it off him and just chucks it away, and Eccleston's face changes. He stops being light and funny, and realises this guy's a jerk, and he doesn't know what he's got, and he's no respect for it, and I'm taking him down. Mm. And it was all just in his facial expression. He didn't do it in a line. But yeah, Smith and Tennant were the masters of goofing around, serious, we don't take him seriously, and then turning around and saying, I will end you. And you believed it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to go for. Uh, love your show. Looking forward to listening to each new instalment every week. Keep up the good work. Your pal from the Netherlands, Jan Roman. We've got one more, which will bring us in at a two-hour episode. More or less. We, we load up the emails and there's more. No, we're not going to do that now. Because <laughs> yeah, your sister's problem. already moaning that it's two o'clock. Uh, our final one is from Dave Walker. Hello, Dave. Oh, I love Dave. Dave. Dave's a good man. Like Dave a lot. Hey y'all, you asked for questions, I thought I should, you know, ask a question or three. Number one, how are you today? Very fine. <laughs> wow, that's difficult one. Yeah, we're, we're fine here now. How are you? Tired, me and Michael were, well, I was up till 3am and Michael didn't bother going to bed, so... I went to bed, bit, didn't bit, sleep. Bit tired today. I'm fine, I'm off work for four weeks, gift... Every yeah, day. We didn't even know I'd got up. Every so. day is like Sunday. And then you're back for work on my birthday. Yeah, sad Aww. that. B. 
James <laughs> following his one B joke. I like that. Uh, what is the meaning of life? 42. I can go with that. Okay. Deep thought. And finally, asterisks. What comics are, in your most humble opinions, the most overrated and underrated? Thanks, Dave Walker. Well, I think we've mentioned many times that we don't necessarily think Watchmen's overrated, but let's have a moratorium on it being the best graphic novel ever. Yeah. And the same with all of Alan Moore's work. Yeah. I'm not saying it's overrated, it is very good, uh, but let's have a moratorium on, on naming what's so fun. No, it's not what... I always mix them up, don't I? Mm. Um, whatever happened to The Man of Tomorrow as the best Superman story ever made. Yeah, Killing Joke And the, the Killing Joke is the best Batman. Let's, let's move them off the table. Over, I think Bendis is overrated. I honestly do. I honestly think Bendis is humongously overrated. But I think a lot of his other stuff is very underrated. What? What's underrated? Um, when he finishes Scarlet, that was very good. Was it? And yet underrated. Right. Um, what other stuff's he done that's very Fortune good? Fortune and Glory was good. Yeah. But that was only three issues. Three big issues. Yeah, it was three big issues. But I think Bendis is overrated. I think a lot of Mark Miller's stuff is supremely overrated. Yeah. Um, but there'll be a lot of Mark Miller stuff which is fun yeah so it's it's kind of I, I don't know I mean of the current top 10 books that we've got at the minute Superior Spider-Man I enjoy immensely Batman I enjoy immensely I don't think Scott Snyder's reached oversaturation yet mm-hmm. uh, underrated Dazzler you <laughs> <laughs> the Dazzler is supremely underrated. That's yeah. not my opinion. Uh, so you picked it up. Mark Wade's run on The Flash, which I'm currently reading, I think is, is very underrated. I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure about underrated, because oh, a lot of stuff I'm one... reading is popular stuff. Yeah. Is, is this one you didn't have time to think about? Yes, this one came in this morning, so I don't have time to think about this. Under No Man's Land is underrated. The single best multi-character comic crossover DC I've ever managed, bar none. Every single issue leads into the next one. No issue feels superfluous. The characters grow and change over the course of the event. The entire characterisation of the characters is built on the history rather than pointless continuity. There's no continuity shout-outs for you to go, oh, continuity fan. Um... No Man's Land, I think, is supremely underrated. Yeah, I think 52 is underrated as well. Dandy Dio hates 52, doesn't he? But it's really good. Kill Your Boyfriend is Grant Morrison's most underrated work. Yeah. Everyone bangs on about how great this is and how great that is. Kill Your Boyfriend was great. Mm. Uh, Sergeant Fury and His Howling Commandos by Stan Lee. Supremely underrated from the 60s. Absolutely brilliant stuff. I'd have to think more on that and maybe answer it next time. Spy Boy. Spy Boy. I liked Spy Boy. I yeah. thought Spy Boy was quite good. What up uh, Revenge of the Sith is underrated. <laughs> well, that's not a comic book. I don't, do you think Why the Last Man's overrated or underrated? I don't think enough said about it for it to be either. Right. I read the first one because you nagged and nagged and nagged at me and I haven't got round to... Finishing any others. Yeah, I've so. not, it's not made me want to. I mean, I probably will. Yeah. Because I want to read the, the latest Walking Dead as well. Yeah. I think Invincible's hugely Invinci- underrated. I was just going to say Invincible's hugely underrated. It's so much better than Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, Avengers Kree Skrull War is overrated. Generally regarded the best Avengers story ever, and it's kind of not. 
Mm. I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Mm. Okay. And that's it. That's all of the emails. So those are two-hour episodes that I don't have to do a lot of editing on. I'm made up with that. All right. Just before you completely wrap it up. Yes. Like, making the show and stuff. Is reading the comics... Is it, like, a chore for the the show? Like, when game testers will have to write for you, they'll have three or four days to play a 30 or 40 hour game, then they'll play it up to the point where they just can't play it anymore in the free time because they're so bored of it. Is that the same with you? Like, you won't be able to read comics in your free time because you've done enough of it? No, I never get bored of reading comics. Ever. I do occasionally feel like I'm not reading for pleasure as much as I would like to because of stuff that we have to do for the show but it's never got to the point where I'm, I've am i had enough of this because the minute I get to that point the show will end the minute it becomes a chore to do it, we're not doing it anymore I mean I think we've both said that haven't we, the minute it becomes a chore yeah. for either one of us we're not doing it anymore, at the moment I enjoy doing it more than anything and all I said this to Steve Lacer this year has been crap this has been a terrible year, and other than you, my lovely wife, and my kids, the thing that's kept me sane through this Annus Horribilis has been doing the podcast, because you just immerse yourself in your hobby, and it's not just reading it, you are immersing yourself in it, because you do a lot of research for this. I mean, I can't stress enough how much research we put into the average episode. If you consider that an episode, say an average episode is one hour, it isn't. But if we say a podcast episode is one hour, then that's one hour recording, right? But that has took probably an hour and a half to record. It has then took probably three hours to edit. But the pre-production, you've read at least three comics, two or three comics. You have spent time researching that. I didn't... It just The Happy Birthday Superman isn't regular, but I did an awful lot of research for that. But Wolverine, that we'll be doing next week, I did an awful lot of research into Japanese culture for that comic. So I knew what they were talking about in the story that will probably not get mentioned in the show. Every now and again, I'll throw in, this word means this. In, in Japanese, this means this in English. And the English equivalent is because Japan... Japanese, sorry, isn't a direct translation. Which is interesting. So that's what makes Japanese really interesting. Yeah, but specifically Japanese. You can say the literal translation is this, but that's not what it means. Yeah. And that's fascinating. That's really interesting. And so I did an awful lot. But So there is that. And there is a feeling that I'm not getting to read books as much as I used to. Because I'm spending time reading comics for the show and for pleasure. I mean, I've got... I've got to finish Raylan, I've nearly finished Raylan, and then I've got to finish Vision of the Future, which is Star Wars. So I've got two books on the go I've not finished. And I want to read the Man of Steel novelization, and I want to read World War Z, and there's so many books I want to read that I fell behind with because of doing the show. But no, the minute it becomes a chore doing the comics reading for the show is the minute we stop doing the show. About you, Michael? I have a schedule, so I. I yeah. No, I do, I do. <laughs> no, we both do. No, what you do is you, you do the notes whenever you have spare time and yeah. you read for pleasure around that. Yeah. Whereas what I do is I, I do it when I come home, I do the notes and I read the comics then. And then when I go to bed, I read comics for pleasure then. So I have a schedule and it doesn't get yeah, and I think, in the way of reading. I think that's helped us keep the show on the, the track in that this episode is being recorded now. There is already an episode edited and ready to go. 
yeah. in the can. So if something happens to us this week and we can't record next week, we will have two episodes ready to go. Yeah. And we always record on Thursday nights at the same time, and I always try and edit it over the weekend in my spare time. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping to that schedule has kept the show going, and it has also meant that we're not scrambling around at the last minute, and we're not reading comics at the last minute, and we're not doing stuff that we shouldn't do before we do the show. We've done it all when we sit down. We're always prepared. Yeah, is what I'm saying because we do. Ansela's really good at allowing us time to do the show, aren't you? Well, see, you've kind of ruined my night tonight because you won't be recording. We won't be recording, so I'll get to watch Star Trek. Couple I need for speed, which Yay. just annoys you, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, thank you, Adam. So Adam had a question, mm-hmm. so that was nice. Right, next time on an all new episode of Hey Kids Comics, we are covering the Wolverine by Frank Miller and Chris Claremont. I've already done my notes for it, because we didn't know whether we were recording it today, but it means I get a week off now, doesn't it? So that's nice. But you can add on to, to next week's when you do that. I enjoyed the film. Yes. But I hadn't read the story, so... I enjoyed the film because it isn't that story. But we'll talk about that yes. next time. What a tease. I am. Thank you for listening. Thank you everybody who emailed in with a question. We've got a shed load of emails as well, so we'll have to cover those next week, including an audio one from Thomas DJ which we'll need to cover. So thank you very much, and we will be back next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for review and illustrative purposes only. And no infringement is intended, so don't send your phalanx of highly paid lawyers after us as we have no money. Certainly this show was not turned into a lucrative revenue stream as no money is made from this either, which vexes us. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and no one else. They own them, cherish them and look after them, but are probably not to be taken too seriously. New episodes drop every Thursday at twotruefreaks.com and Hey Kids Comics is a part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, your one-stop shop for a plethora of truly fine shows. Join in the fun. We have a website where you can see the covers of the comics we've covered at www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com and we can be emailed directly at heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. We can also be friended on Facebook by using Hey Kids, all one word as the first name, and Comics as the surname. We also have a forum, www.forumforgeeks.com. We do hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics. Which one of you was that? Adam, the sticky bugger. <laughs> it was mine. 
was Michael. What? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> that reeks, dude! It wasn't the cats earlier on. What am I saying? And here are your hosts, Michael and Andrew, but the other way around, Paul Leyland. In fact, you don't have to do the Paul if you don't, I don't want to. Paul. Well, you've just done it, so you don't need me. Just do it, woman. And here are your hosts, Michael and Andrew Leyland. You said Michael first. <laughs> On purpose. Do don't it say, again. Don't say it the other way <laughs> <laughs> And here are your hosts, Big and Little Leyland. <laughs> See, this is what you get when you get an amateur to do a professional gig. <laughs> and you're an Adam, first take. Okay, okay. I only did one for your fantastic cast. Refused to do another. <laughs> <laughs> and here are your hosts, Andrew and Michael Leyland. Thank you very much. You're welcome.